three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Oh yeah, welcome back everybody to part two of the Halloween franchise. This is the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, coming at you live, episode 29, or I guess, what do you, what, what do you guys want to call it, 28.5 or 29? <laughs> it's 29, this is a separate episode. 29.765. <laughs> you know yeah, what's funny? Real technical. As I'm going back and listening to some of the old uh, episodes, because I'm trying to like... Uh, create like an index of all of our ratings um jeremy used to try to do this bullshit where he try to rate a film like 6.2 or yep. 6.13 <laughs> and i forgot all about that and it's I used funny to say, and i used to give the intro and say what's going on everyone on the interwebs and i'd sound like a fucking idiot and you would go yep. all right I always go all right. That's my thing. I, I forget. I forgot about those decimal ratings. It was. <laughs> those, he only did it for like the first couple episodes, but it like really surprised me. He's like, I give it a six point seven two, and I'm like, what? Like what at the end? You, what are you talking? About? But he was dead serious. Like <laughs> at the end of my first feature, at the end of the credits, I'm just gonna put all right for like eight lines. No, be <laughs> and only the people who know me will get the inside joke. That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if you guys are just tuning in this week, shame on you for not listening last week. But if you are just tuning in, yeah, this is the second half of the Halloween franchise. So we're, we're going to be covering Halloween 6, well, two cuts of Halloween 6 right through Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, this could be a rough one. <laughs> the hard yes. part's over. Now we just got to talk about them. Yeah, but uh, exactly. resurrection on this is gonna be rough. It was, it was, it was. I gotta say, it was a little bit of a difficult task this week because it seems like all of us were kind of like either sick or really busy and trying mm-hmm. to fit in, you know, seven films, I guess, or whatever. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was very hard to accomplish, <laughs> even for myself. Yeah, and I usually don't have a lot of. You know, I don't usually don't have a lot of issues getting in films and stuff, but I don't know, man. This week was just a rough one. So well, you didn't I, watch fifty two movies and drink fifty two beers? That's <laughs> you know, to be honest, I you know I watched all the Halloween films and I watched maybe a couple of. I, I mean, I did actually watch quite a few movies this this week, surprisingly, um, but not as many as I usually do. It was just a really really crammed week and just a lot of Halloween films. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I think coming back to back doing the 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 first five films the first week and then immediately going into another uh week of, you know, six films if you count uh Halloween 6 twice. I think that's kind of what made it seem like a huge undertaking. Um because even mm-hmm. even I and I love torturing myself with franchises. Like I I do these marathons all the time, but I had a lot of things going on and even I was having quite a hard time getting to all the films like last night i got stuck at a party because my car um was 
behind like six other cars on like a one uh it's a, it was at a farm and there was like one road like a skinny like one car uh, one car length road like uh wide and there's like three cars l- wide like parked in front of my car so i was stuck there till 2:30 when i wanted to leave at like 10 to go home and start on the so, halloween so it films. took you so it took you that long to actually find the owners of these vehicles so they could move them so you could get out of there well one thing was there was two uh regular sized cars and then there was a giant ash truck behind like like in between those two cars and the <laughs> truck was kind of blocking those two cars from even leaving um because it it was like it was longer than the width between the those two cars and um that person who drove that truck left with somebody else to go pick somebody else up in their car. So it was like, it, I couldn't find the people. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fucking nasty, man. <laughs> so from last night, I watched Halloween H2O resurrection, Halloween and Halloween two <laughs> since last night. It was, oh. it was a rough, rough go. Yeah, and you know, and the killer is too. It's it always seems like with a lot of these franchises and you know marathon videos that I've done with the wife and stuff, it always seems like the end films are always, you know, of course it's towards the end and you've been up for a long time doing these things and stuff. But it seems like the the films at the end of these franchises are just torture. It's like, can we ever get like a good film at the end? Like it, and and of course, of course. Um, you know, nothing against Rob Zombie's uh, remake of Halloween, but it is, you know, the, the unrated cut is two hours yeah. and sa- and Halloween two is also two hours. So if you're watching those back to back, exactly. You know, and I did. And I was hours. like, I was yeah. trying to do like mathematically, like, you know, add up the running times of the four films that I had left. So I, I like could figure out like how, how to squeeze all four in, in like less I, than I was a day. Exact same thing. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, you know. H2O is like 80 some minutes or something and then Resurrection's like 90 minutes and then I'm like I'm like 120 minutes <laughs> 120 minutes again this is yeah. like I was like especially in Halloween mad. especially <laughs> in Halloween 2 it's rough oh Halloween 2 is w- like the unrated cut is yeah. way too fucking long yep but I mean, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, we're gonna change it up this week. Um, since this is the, this is the second half of the Halloween show, uh, we are not gonna be doing news this week. Um, like it's kind said, of an effort it, to it's, you know, it's basically the just show a bit. Yeah, you know, to try and shorten it. But it's like I said, it's also the second half of last week's show. So I don't think that we need to break it up with the news and stuff. But of course, we will do DVD releases this week. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because that doesn't really take a whole lot a time up. So. But yeah, but yeah, should we get into the uh, DVD releases? Let's do it. Alrighty, so coming out this October twenty eighth. Ooh, um, some pretty good stuff actually this week. Beneath, um, yeah, Beneath yeah. is dropping this week. Um, but probably the most anticipated release of this week is got to be uh, the two versions of Nightbreed. That's being released by Screen Factory. You can get the director's cut Blu-ray or you can get the limited edition, special edition, uh, double film set with the theatrical and the director's cut. But JP gets it for free edition. Yes. <laughs> totally awesome. Totally awesome. Now, my only question is, am I actually going to receive this? We didn't talk Tuesday? about this, did we? I, I seriously doubt it. I seriously yeah. doubt it because um, 
I don't know, man. I've been having some major issues with Amazon right now. It seems like everything I pre-ordered does not ship until like a week or two after. And uh, man, you I don't know. Ship for free, man. Come on. I, I know. I actually complained, and they gave me like a really, really good deal <laughs> on a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, with the Nightbreed set, there was actually some pretty interesting news that surrounded right. this release that came out uh, this past week. JP, you want to fill us in on that? Um. So. I guess what happened is that the uh, Scream Factory, you know, Shout Factory, was shipping out uh, the sets, but they were sending the uh, limited edition set instead of the the the, the you know ch- cheaper release, the non limited set, uh, the yeah. collector's edition. I guess uh, they was the they standard was, edition. Yeah, the yeah. standard edition. Instead of sending certain people the standard edition, they was sending them, them them the limited edition, which we know is of course limited, like actually limited uh, to ten thousand copies, I believe. Yeah. So, I from what I understand, Scream Factory reached out to the people they mistakenly did this to. And said, "Can you please send it back, and we'll give yeah. you like ten dollars off or something." That's never going to happen. I think that they were willing to pay for the postage and yeah. give you ten dollar uh, credit or something like that. But I was like, "Really? Yeah. Is it really worth your time?" I mean, the ten people are going to send it back. Yeah, the standard editions were twenty bucks. The Nightbreed set is worth like seventy. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this goes either way. I mean, there's some honest people out there, and I'm sure some people maybe did send it back. But you know, put yourself in this position. Would you actually send it back? I would actually consider it. I don't think there's enough incentive there. I mean, scream, I, I don't. My, well, my incentive is that somebody paid for it and they might not get it because I'm keeping it, and I yeah, actually it, feel like that's that's a moral dilemma with me, right? Like I would conscience. feel guilty. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I thought the exact same thing. I mean, because I'm kind of in this position right now. Like I've pre-ordered this thing. And, you know, I probably will end up getting this, but by some crazy chance, I actually don't receive it because of this huge fuck up. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed, man. Like, you you actually because, ordered the special super awesome edition? I did. I did. I know you were complicating um, it. But. but, you know, I mean, basically what it comes down to is that I would actually like to know the numbers on how many. Those uh, are important. You know, how many uh, wrong Nightbreed special editions were actually sent out to people? Like I said, if it was a hundred, probably not the worst thing in the world. But if it was a thousand, you're fucked. Now we're talking like if there's going to be, be a lot of fucking. Yeah. 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 Now, now we're talking customers. like it's a, it's a it's a pretty big loss for them. And I mean, it's just it's a mess all around. You know, people are going to get fucked out of their set. And we all know this is limited. They can't press any more up. So, I mean, these numbers are kind of important. Like, like I said, if it's like twenty or thirty, it's like fuck. Who cares, man? You know, they haven't even sold out the ten thousand yet. So, um, I don't know. You know, what do you do, right? Well, the thing is, is that when you say they can't press them up, they actually can't. Like some people, I've seen some people say, like, well, all they have to do is just make it limited to fifteen thousand now. Um, but you can't do that because. Yeah. What they're releasing, they actually don't own. What yeah, the, the ten thousand? Yeah, it's a theatrical cut, yeah. which I yep. believe is owned by like Warner Brothers or something. Yeah, Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers, uh, you know, and Scream Factory or Shout Factory signed a contract, and the number agreed upon was ten thousand. Yeah. 
Uh, initially, it was five thousand. Uh, they renegotiated and got ten thousand. It is possible that they could renegotiate again if need be, but you know, it's yeah, still considering that these numbers are a lot higher than they. Uh, yeah, like know. like this says like ten thousand. It's like what happened if you have one that says ten thousand and then like the next one says eleven thousand? It's like it's gonna like fuck everything up. I don't even. Well, JP, on the, they, they don't actually have the numbers on them, do they? Yes. Oh, they do. They're yeah. I have like two thousand five. They're actually numbered seventy oh. something. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that you know, I understand that that Shout Factory has to at least ask um, for them back. I, I, they know they're not stupid. They know that like ninety percent of the people or ninety nine percent of the people are not going to send them back. But mm-hmm. you still have to ask, right? Yeah. You still have to make an attempt to to get some of them back. And I just – the guy who was, you know, just got this job probably like ba- – maybe not even getting paid. He might be like an intern or something. And um, <laughs> he, he's like in the back like shipping these things out, like packaging them up. And like he's just like not Oops. understanding that he's sending out the limited ones like that guy. Yeah, like, like it's like how do you make that big up. of a fuck up? Yeah. That's a pretty big fuck up. Yeah, I know. And like I said, I really want to know how many they actually did ship out. Mm-hmm. Because wow, I mean, someone obviously got fired over this, but like, like I said, if it's a huge quantity, this is going to be a major fucking issue, man. I, I don't think like, it obviously- is though, because um, they they haven't like officially like came out and like like uh respond like they haven't apologized like saying like. You know, sorry that, you know, some of you who ordered the Nightbreed set, um, we accidentally shipped your copy to, like, people who ordered the standard set. Like, they haven't came out and said this. The only reason we know about this is because the people who uh, did end up getting the limited set by mistake uh, reported to some horror sites and then the horror sites created articles based on them. So it's only, like, a handful of people who's even brought it up. So I, I... I would imagine that it's only – I would imagine it's pretty minimal in – Yeah, I, I I would probably go with it being very minimal too because like I said, you know, I mean if it's like tons and tons of copies and as far as I know, these are still available. Yeah, like you, they have you can not like, – I think they're still up on Amazon. Like you could still yeah, grab like them. Yeah, you can still get these. So they're officially not sold out, So, yeah. so which is helping out the cause. I think if all 10,000 were gone – I mean, quite. I mean, obviously, people are not going to get their copies then, right? But I think it'll work out. Yeah. So. But yeah, night breed. A little bit of controversy, but I just really hope I actually get my copy. <laughs> I'm gonna be so fucking mad if I. I, I got my copy. Ah, yes, for the pretty no. price of nothing. No, somebody know, it gave came you with a, a poster copy. too. Somebody gave you a copy. Somebody yeah, did give awesome. me a copy. Oh, and that was actually the other thing that Scream Factory apparently said too that th- that they're allowing these people to keep the posters. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Scream Factory. Well, th- I mean, that would actually make me consider it even more because that's a that poster is pretty damn sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, another release from Scream Factory coming out uh, on Tuesday is the Blu-ray of Squirm, Jeff Lieberman's yeah. Squirm, which is. Fantastic! Love I love, love that film. Yeah, it's a great film. Great cover art, yeah. uh, collector's edition. So definitely run out and grab that one. I've actually uh, never seen it. Oh, it's gross! It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it it is kind of creepy, man, because it's like worms and shit, and like close up of worms know, eating shit. It's gross. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got another one of these four film favorites. Uh, they just keep pumping these things up. It wasn't DVDs before, now it's Blu-rays, and that is the first four films of the Final Destination franchise in one of these four packs. Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Then we got uh, another another release from Scorpion. They've been really busy with the releases lately, like putting out tons of good stuff. Um, And that is Mario Bava's Planet of the Vampires, um, which is really cool. Another film that I have on order that has not shipped yet. Go fucking figure. Thank you, Amazon.ca. Hey, they gave you a deal, though. They did. They did. They actually gave you a Well, explain to me what happened. I didn't hear this. So, like, I had about five or six items that I pre-ordered, and none of them shipped. Like, all my stuff was coming in, like... Um, well, I was more complaining about the things that have not shipped yet. Like I still have things like from October 7th that were pre-ordered that never have still not shipped like Hemlock Grove and stuff like that. And so I fucking got a hold of them and I was doing the, uh, the message chat and they were like looking at my history and stuff and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, man, none of your stuff has been shipping. Like I have the stuff I'm pre-ordered. Then the date comes out and it says ships in three to five weeks or temporary out of stock. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? you guys like you guys have all these films up on the site for pre-order but then when it comes to the release date nothing is shipping ever and so basically he refunded me like a bunch of films that i had actually received and he gave me like half off like all my fucking orders and stuff so the wow. night brief said I, I got like half off i got half off the fucking wow um, Vince, vincent price box set that i, I actually that. just got in the mail the other day that thing was like 60 bucks i do that shit all the time when people fuck me yeah, yeah. but like you have it a legitimate getting... like case yeah. here though because for one we do certain films on the podcast and if you yeah. can't get those films then we have to shuffle around episodes which is annoying yeah. Yeah. and you need to tell them like look this is this is something that i need these films like i need them to get here on time like do something about it i just really want an explanation like how are all these films not in stock like i said like there's no way that they're selling out these copies. Like mm-hmm. they're just they have them up on the site for pre-order, but they just don't actually even have the stock. That's what I'm assuming. I think that's what it is. It has to be because some of these movies that are like the release date and it's like ships in three to five weeks. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'm probably the only person in Canada that bought that. <laughs> it's like, I, so I really I was getting pissed off. So and the, the dude in the live chat was really awesome, man. He like really did. He felt, did, you, did he say like know, what? Like why it's happening, why it consistently happens. What no, the fuck's said, the point of pre ordering? He did say that he's been they've been getting a lot of um you know, people sta- basically saying the same thing that they had something on pre order, it didn't ship and then it's like two, three weeks later and it still hasn't even shipped and so there's been there's obviously something going on with their stocks, so I don't know. But that's all he said. He didn't really know the cause of it because they have different warehouses like all over the place. And, yeah, it's actually so. crazy how they they yeah, like, how they do it you see yeah. videos on that jeremy it's oh, it's yeah. pretty bonkers yeah yeah so there's really no full explanation for it except that it's just not there <laughs> which fucking blows um yeah so and more on that we'll talk about that actually after with a couple other releases that we're gonna have to ship around unfortunately the squad yeah yeah so yeah i'm not getting that right away um then we got uh this is a really really weird double feature um dvd release of cloverfield and dark city <laughs> okay seriously why would they put that into a double pack on dvd and not release it on blu-ray like does I that know make cloverfield's any sense? already on blu-ray 
So is Dark. Yeah. So is Dark City. I think too. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just a weird double feature for DVD. Uh, then we've got uh, this 20th anniversary of Stargate. Not really horror, but you know, sci-fi stuff. I guess. Do you guys Stargate? like I haven't Stargate? Seen... Haven't watched it. Like the, the film. Wasn't there a TV? Yeah, well, was there a TV series, dude? There was like, like nine seasons, seasons of the yeah, original SG One series. Then there was like Atlantis, and God oh, yeah. knows what else. I honestly never seen any of them. I never seen yeah. any episodes or anything. Well, I've seen Stargate, like the original film. The movie uh, is I, pretty I solid, um, but the TV show. I actually watched like half of the first season a few years ago when like Netflix first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix Instant, and I actually really liked it. And I'm not like a sci-fi guy, so I do recommend checking that show out. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, we've got another possession film. Oh, Can't yeah. have the DVD releases without a possession film, and then it's called Grace: The Possession. Is Ugh, a sequel the to Grace? Just, no, it's not. I've actually seen it, this already. Yeah, it actually, yeah, totally isn't. Um, I remember. I, Actually, looking it up, going, is this a fucking sequel? But no, it's not. And it's also so. not a sequel to The Possession. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking go figure, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you say you've seen it, JP? Yeah. Um, I'll just tell you, like, briefly what, like, something about it. It's shot in a POV style oh. a Maniac remake. Like, that really? style. Yeah. Which really? totally, like, surprised me. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Huh. Very interesting. Did um, it work? I'll let you guys know next week. It's just a simple yes or no. <laughs> I'll let you guys know next week. Uh, All right. So next up here, we got a Blu-ray release of Deliver Us from Evil. Um, this is another yeah. session movie. Um, I'm assuming is so. Is that the one that was like in theaters recently? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I Dude, why do all of one. these sound the same though? Like. Yeah. Yeah. The the dark one, the mark. What what? The, there's just so many different like the types of these films out there. Like deliver us from evil. Like sounds like what was that other one that came out like recently? Between good and evil, or something like that. It's like I know I I get all these movies fucked and yeah mixed up too, man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was yeah it was just in like recently yeah. in theaters, wasn't it? It's crazy. Um. Next up, we got a film called Child of God. Don't really know much about that one either, which is being released on DVD and Blu-ray. Same with uh, Deliver Us from Evil, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, then we got another film called, I don't even know fully how to pronounce this. It's like Mobius. Looks like an Asian flick. It's got a really bizarre cover. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we've got, which Jeremy said right off the top, Beneath is coming out. And then, this is one I've been looking forward to for uh, like a long time, ever since JP brought it up. Yeah, we pretty much followed the entire life cycle of this film from when it was first, like, announced till, you know, uh, post-production, till getting picked up by IFC Midnight, the festival run, all the way to the DVD release, and I'm sure we'll talk about it after I'll see it. I hope Walmart has it. I'm (laughs) almost certain that Walmart will have this one, so I'm definitely going to grab it. (laughs) So, this is another film that I actually pre-ordered, and I doubt I'll be getting it, because none of my stuff is shipped yet, so... I don't think I'll be getting it this week. But yeah, you know, not the most original title in the world, but it's got a pretty cool and, and interesting premise to it. Definitely. And then then we got a film called Blood Valley Seeds Revenge. This, this actually is a sequel um, to, I think the movie's called The Seed. 
I think it was done by Uwe Boll or something like that. Mm. Um, oh, God. Yeah, oddly enough, I actually have this movie. It's supposed <laughs> to be released this Tuesday. It, it was in my Walmart like two weeks ago. There's a whole so. bunch of movies like that that are in my Walmart before. Yeah, The Purge so, was released uh, like a week early last time too. Last uh, mm. Yeah, I pretty much grabbed this Blood Valley Seeds Revenge because it just looks so bad I had to see it. <laughs> you know me with those fucking stupid releases. Um, I think there's a few more here. Uh, from Raro Video, The Long-Haired Death by Antonio Margaretti. Awesome. This movie's getting a fucking release. Totally stellar. I like the cover. Yeah, man. Looks awesome. Um, I've never seen it. I've heard good things about this movie though and i've always wanted to check it out because you know it's italian but uh oddly enough i went to go pr- i went to order this movie and they didn't even have it on amazon i was like what the fuck they carry like all the rare stuff but this one wasn't on there hmm. yeah interesting um what else we got another release by raro video werewolf woman which is coming out looks insanely bad but you know i think it's like a spanish you know werewolf film probably okay probably <laughs> who knows uh then we got uh the devil's carnival um do you guys see anything about this one the devil's carnival yeah does it take place in a carnival i'm assuming it does actually it kind of looks like it does well that um, seems badass then yeah I, I i don't really know anything about this but it does look intriguing well so. it was from uh the guy who whoa sorry sorry it was from the guy who did the Genetic Opera movie. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this one. I actually have heard about this one. I have like, heard about it, too. It was in like an ind- like a little uh, a little theatrical run for a little bit. Yeah, I was wondering. Like, I thought I'd maybe heard of it, too. And I wasn't sure, though. But, yeah, I probably have. Uh, then we got uh, Season of the Witch. Yeah, Season of the Witch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, how many fucking movies can we possibly have with Season of the Witch? Yeah. yeah, and then there's another flick called Soulmate that is coming out uh, this Tuesday. I'm sh- I know that there's more. There's oh yeah, The Vanishing is actually coming out from Criterion too. Nice, which is pretty cool. The Vanishing is actually a really fucking good movie. But then again, it is it's Criterion. They seem to put out really good stuff. So that's all they do is put out yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. The Vanishing, and I believe that's all I got. So, JP, do you got any more? No, you pretty much covered all the ones that I've seen. Uh, so I don't, I don't oh, actually ghostly? Don't have any. No, well, I don't know that that one called Soulmate looks a little ghostly. <laughs> all uh, right. Yeah, that one does look a little, uh, a little ghostly. I gotta say, but yeah, nothing like blatant though. Yeah, which is interesting. So, alrighty, so that's gonna do it for the DVD releases. Yeah, alrighty. So continuing along with the Halloween franchise episode episode <laughs> movies halloween 6 through rob zombies halloween 2 oh man and that is including both cuts of halloween 6 the long-awaited producer's cut which looked was fucking actually, fantastic yeah yeah the transfer was amazing and this was actually my first time ever watching the producer's cut because i Me never too. i never wanted to fork out the cash for the uh for the bootleg and i always me and jp talked about this a couple years ago we even said that it eventually was going to come out and it did yeah i know like echo bridge like announced that they were going to release it but like that never happened because they own the rights so i guess we finally i really i never even heard that they were going to do that i must have missed that 
oh, this was a long time ago. Like, it was listed on Blu-ray.com as getting released for mm-hmm. a long time. There was, like, cover art for it and everything, and then it never happened. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? A long, long time ago, it was a night of great power. When the days grew short, all across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. And they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman. Yeah, so Halloween 6, the theatrical cut. Um, anybody want to give a synopsis on that? Yeah, sure. Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers from the year 1995, I believe. Am I correct on that? I believe so. All right, so this film picks up six years after the events of Halloween 5. We was left with that cliffhanger where the man in black blew up the prison and Nobody ever seen or heard from Jamie Lloyd or Michael Myers again. So uh, we actually pick up with Jamie Lloyd, who has been captured by some type of cult. Uh, she escapes with her newborn baby. Michael Myers is on her tail. Uh, she hides her baby. Then she is murdered by Michael Myers. And then we are introduced to more of the Strodes, who are kind of the relatives of uh i guess Lori's parents uh her adoptive parents and we follow uh the daughter of them and we follow little old uh tommy doyle who is now (laughs) grown up he ends up uh finding the baby uh who he names steven oddly enough and he is obsessed with Michael Myers and he is trying to figure out the mythology and the reasons why Michael Myers is this unstoppable force. Meanwhile, Loomis is nearly dead, um, pretty much retired and is trying to help out a bit and, uh, they must stop Michael Myers. So that's it, one part in the film that makes me laugh so hard is dr loomis he's so old and tired and he's like oh i'm not dead ha 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 just very much retired but fucking hell paul rudd's performance (laughs) is so bad like it's probably like the worst performance in the entire series he is so generic and boring he like never changes his expression the thing that it's so bad the thing that bugs me about paul rudd's performance in the film is simply he's supposed to be you know, a little fucked up from the events of 78 and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, supposed to be a little crazy and, you know, he's the oddball in, in the community and stuff, but he's not really that odd and, and weird and shit. Like, yeah, there's some scenes where he's kind of like looking through the windows and he's being creepy like that. But, you know, overall, he's not pulling off this like crazy person act very well in the film mm-hmm. at all. See, I actually like his performance. I'm one of the rare people. I, I like that, you know, oh, motionless. So bad. Uh, performance. I, I I just think that it kind of fits with how I might have seen Tommy Doyle uh, become because 
Um, Tommy Doyle was already a little bit on edge as a kid. And after what happened with Michael Myers, um, I can see him just turning to stone pretty much, which is exactly what it's a stone performance, right? It's like this just bland uh, <laughs> performance. I, just, I, I kind of like it. I don't know. I just find I find it's it's very inconsistent with itself because there is times where like when he gets on the phone and you know when he phones into the radio station and he's acting kind of crazy and shit the way he's spitting his lines and stuff. But then later on in the film, like he's completely not that person he was in the beginning of the film at all. Right? It's just, it's just distracting. That's the only thing. Like, yeah, I just don't like notice it's, it's not, so it's not very consistent. No, yeah, it's not consistent at all. Speaking of that radio guy. uh Word on the street was Howard Stern was supposed to play that guy, but um, he something happened and he actually didn't play uh, Barry Sims. Yeah. So I would have loved I would have loved to hear the stories he had to bash that production, how terrible it was. Like deep down inside, I was like, "Fuck!" If Howard played that played that role, the stories that that guy would have had to tell to talk about that that entire production would have been awesome. Yeah, I, I I totally have heard that a bunch of times. That would have been cool. Yeah. Um, chances are it had something to do with the crappy production and probably delays and just couldn't get him in there or whatever. But, uh, you know, back to the performance and stuff, I totally see where you guys are coming from. It's definitely not for everybody, but I just personally never really hated it like everybody else. I actually like it. I think that it's something different. It's something that I wasn't really, I wouldn't, normally if I would have read the script and his character, I think a lot of people would have completely interpreted it as the generic, like, typical, like, crazy character. But he kind of does something different. He took a risk and he went for it. And for most people, it didn't uh, pan out, like, the way that uh, it should have for most people. But for me personally, I I think that it works fine for the character. Huh. Interesting. Another um, thing about the movie that you notice right away is how... Jamie has grown up um, almost too much. Yeah, she doesn't even like look like Danielle Harris. Like, at least found like somebody that looked like her. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's only thing, six years. How is she? Well, that's the growing thing. Growing up that much because Jamie in part five is like I don't know how old she is. Like eight, eight or nine or something mm-hmm. like that. I think she's like eleven. <laughs> or you know what I'm saying. But yeah, anyways, yeah. so six years later, she's roughly you know sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, she does not look like she's seventeen. <laughs> no, not at all. The person that they had, like, she looked like she was in her mid twenties. Yeah, I was like, fucking doesn't even work at all. It's it's very kind of awkward. You know, you look at her and like that does that's just not real. I that's hate the real. first like half an hour of the film. I told I told you guys this when I was watching. It's so lo- it's so dark and the the they put too much low-key lighting in the entire film and you could barely tell what's going on in between like the first half hour of the film and it's just it's just really distracting kind of shitty because there's like some things that i obviously wanted to see that you couldn't see because it was way too dark yeah i actually do agree with that well (laughs) just a little uh thing on the actress that played danielle harris's character danielle harris was actually older than that actress so Hmm. Um, I, I do agree that it just, I think what it is, is she just doesn't look the same. Like, that's not what you would have pictured her looking like growing, grown up. And, you know, a little bit more trivia on the thing is, you know, Danielle Harris wanted that role and they denied it. Uh, she, she didn't accept it because they were offering her just 
I guess what would be like scale or whatever. I'm not sure about like payment and actors and stuff, but it was just like the basic pay. And she felt like she was more uh, important to that franchise to to just receive the the lowest amount possible. Hmm. I think it's like huh. the minimum wage of actors. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love the uh, I love when they're listening to the radio uh, dude's radio show there. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the girl's voice in the background. It's like, oh, I'm so in love with Michael because he's so untamed. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that fucking I, I was pissing myself. Every time I hear that line, it just fucking cracks me up. Man. But you don't like Dahmer or anybody else? No, I just like Michael. It's like, yeah, he's Jesus. So untamed. But see, to me, it, 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 like that Funny. actually is kind of like that wouldn't surprise me though, you know? Um, I, yeah. I remember Clive Barker talking about how he would get like um, fan letters from like like females in the, in the country and they would be talking about how they were like just like you know sexually like attracted to pinhead and like wanted to like you know just you know give them everything yeah yeah like you would get letters like that so i mean like it's it's <laughs> there's some crazy people out there man <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah this movie man like when you first get to see samuel loomis like he just seems yeah. so tired i mean obviously it's quite literal too because he's right at the end of his life. Yeah, he died, yeah, he like, died this like, year, right? Like the year yeah, of I, this film. Yeah, like yeah, two, yeah. Two months after. Yeah, but you can really see it in his performance too. Like his he's voice, old and dude. decrepit. Yeah, and he's yeah. just old and tired, and it's really, really sad to watch him in the film because you know that he's going to pass away like right away, and ah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just very depressing for me because. But you can like the way he's delivering his lines, like when he's laughing when he says, "Oh, I'm not dead," ha ha. He can barely get that out, man. I know, but it fits really well too. Yeah. It, the, I, how yeah. parallel <laughs> uh, the real Donald Pleasance and his character, uh, Doctor Samuel Loomis, are is just truly interesting, and I really do think that his you know real life and his character like follow the like are exactly parallel throughout the whole franchise, and mm-hmm. I think that's what helps his performance so much in the films is because. He's playing somebody who he kind of is, like, mm-hmm. in, in a way, you know, just um, yeah, yeah. tired. Um, because he was probably getting tired of making these films by this point, too, along with his character being tired of dealing with the Myers situation for all these years as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, the overall feel to this film, I feel like it has very odd atmosphere. Is that correct well actually i was gonna bring that up i think this is the flashy halloween this is this this one has like this flashy look to it um Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i kind of maybe would compare to like friday six um it it kind of just doesn't have that like and and also the town is like it's like a dreary like like musty looking halloween or like decaying halloween look to it instead of like like crisp you know when she was in the bus station and uh, she looked up at, like, the – there's, like, a train route or a bus route, like, above one of the doors that she was looking at? Like, I, I like, wanted to pause and see, like – because I'm always, like, curious where Haddonfield really, like, is supposed to be mm-hmm. in Illinois. Like, is it, like, in the northern – because I don't – it could be, like, really, really up north or – it's obviously placed in the south, but I don't think anybody ever says like where it's supposed to be located. Yeah, it, 
never really does. No. no. But but like you know, when you're watching the film, like I find that the, the like the tone. Well, I mean the tone's there, but like the atmosphere to the film kind of changes. Like you know, from the beginning of the film to like the end and stuff with like you know the the pagan rituals and mm-hmm. all that type of shit. Like it just it seems odd to me. It seems well, a little off. First of all, the editing in the theatrical cut is awful. That's the Dude, m- number one problem I sh- with the film. I shit, yeah, I shit you not. I literally have that written down. Yes. The ed- editing is awful <laughs> and it really is awful because there's a scene actually and it, this is probably a prime example of how bad the editing is in this film uh the scene where um i think care goes right through the window or yeah <laughs> onto the ground stupid, and stuff and also yeah. then the next scene the next scene she wakes up in the sanitarium yeah, yeah. and i'm like uh what the fuck <laughs> i'm like how how the hell there? did she get there because <laughs> yeah. everyone was in the house and i'm like and i'm like Oh my god, the editing in this movie is so fucking confusing and bad. Especially yeah. towards it's, it's the, pretty... the final act, where, oh, yeah. you know, oh, dude, Sam Lemus is this, so is, you know, in the office with this guy, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's like somewhere else. It's like, well, what the hell happened? <laughs> <I> no, <know>, right? <laughs> like, how'd he get out? <laughs> they didn't have the budget. I know, and, and, and this is the interesting thing about the two cuts. Like, the theatrical is, it's really, really poorly executed and with editing and stuff and you know compared to the producer's cut but there is there is differences like there's things in the producer's cut that you know that are better that make a lot more sense to the story and stuff but i don't know if you guys noticed but like with the kills those kills were actually because what happened was they had the producer's cut um Mm -hmm. which was the original cut right and yeah. they test screened it and people just didn't respond positively to it. So they decided to ax out all the – most of the you know yeah. ritualistic mythology, cult mythology okay. and just make it more of a standard Myers film. And they went yeah, and yeah. did some reshoots uh, for the kills and then yeah. that's why we have better kills in the theatrical cut um, <laughs> but better story in the producer's yeah, like, cut. Like Laurie's dying. And the dad's head explosion, which is fucking awesome. I love that kill. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, like, that's like my favorite. Awesome that guy's theatrical. a dick, by the way. Yeah, he's a dick. Oh, dude, total dick, man. You know what actually is a good kill in the film is when Myers fucking snaps that dude's neck. <laughs> oh yeah, that, it, that's it, actually he, uh, he fucking almost rips his head right, right off. Yeah, it's totally cut in the fucking producer's cut. Yeah, like they they show him snapping his neck. That's it. Like you don't see any gore, but like in a theatrical man, it's fucking pretty. It's pretty gnarly, man. Yeah. What do you Actually guys think kills, about so. the look of Michael Myers in this one? <clears throat> um, it's okay. He's better than Halloween Five, but yeah, I, about I, on the I, same I, level as Halloween Four. I think he's way better than Halloween Four. Yeah, no, Halloween Four is one of the worst looks actually, to me. He's pretty decent looking in in the. Yeah, so, so I don't. I, I think this. I actually think he looks pretty cool in this one. I, I actually kind of like the look. Um, obviously, the first and second films have the best look, but you know, I think this is the best since those two. You know, so what do you guys? What do you guys feel about like the overall? You know, what they tried to do with this film with all the uh, you know the mythology, the whole mythology behind why Michael is possessed, and you know the whole thing and stuff. The thing, you know, I understand where they're coming from, and you know, I guess it could work to its certain extent it's it's really kind of far-fetched and, and yeah. almost ridiculous i think that's it's almost why comical when you're watching a little bit i think that's why i didn't mm-hmm. make it because it would go over too many people's heads well yeah, really understand so... what was going on i actually that... love it yeah. oh really yeah <clears throat> love it i've said i say the thing, love it the thing that the things that the thing that bugs me about about the whole thing is paul Rudd coming back to paul Rudd's character again like he figures all this stuff out how <laughs> well l- like, let's look at it this way he, 
he, he's, he's figuring out certain things and you're like, what the fuck? Are, mm. are you kidding me, dude? Does like, it seem like that, that like, like what, what makes it seem like it's too far of a reach for him to figure this stuff out? You got to think he's, he's had years to sit there no, no, no. and obsess over this person. Yeah, but who would, but who and would that's what tell they, him that though? And that's what they say. Yeah. But it just seems like it's kind of forced. It's like all of a sudden Paul or Tommy just figures this stuff out. Like, I mean, it's pretty far fucking fetched. It mythology. wasn't all of a sudden though, right? I mean, he he, no. he probably <clears throat> read books on Halloween. Like he was probably like, okay, why does Michael Myers only come around on Halloween? Started doing some research on Halloween. Well, Started doing some research on the druid cults and, and shit mm-hmm. like that. Then the con- read about the thorn symbol and the consulate. Like it seems all like it would naturally progressively lead to these things to me. I mean, obviously, the story is ridiculous, right? But to a certain extent, yeah. But I mean, if that's what you're rolling with, I can believe Mm -hmm. it because, all right, this is the sixth film. We gotta start explaining some shit, okay? How can how can Myers Mm -hmm. be so unstoppable? Why is he only after his family? You know, these things. I felt like this was the probably the best way you can possibly explain any of this shit. But they do get so dis, they, you know, they disconnect themselves from that mythology in the film too. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously Michael Myers is killing other people that he most necessarily doesn't have to, yeah, you know, and stuff like that. So like the whole Especially mythology. At the end. Kinda, I don't yeah, know, that's the I thing. Don't... Like, if he if he's strictly just going to kill his sister and the reason for it, you know, <laughs> just it still makes me fucking laugh. Like the whole mythology behind why he needs to kill his sister. Um. But, you know, he's still off doing these other things. He's very much acting like a typical slasher. Yeah, know? but, I mean, let's let's not forget that he also is, you know, a a person. Like, he's he's not just, like, a robot <laughs> that is programmed to do one thing. Like, he's, he's a person who is probably pretty damn crazy after killing a bunch of people that mm-hmm. he, maybe in the first film it started out as him just killing anybody who got in the way of his sister or whatever you know that in the first couple films but like eventually that's just what he knows to do and yeah just because his end goal is mean i'm thing doesn't mean he can't deviate from that path a little bit oh no no i'm not saying it's a big problem or anything i'm just saying you know like if he has one goal you know maybe try and stick to that but i guess it'd be just too straightforward right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean but, it's all acceptable but, to me mm-hmm. i mean I've, I, it is just a slasher but let, let, this is like the mythology we're rolling with so i mean i i kind of understand what you're saying but at the same time i i don't think it's too unbelievable that that he might kill other people while in the pursuit of his his fit his bloodline and the whole idea the mm-hmm. thing is right that um one uh, child would be infected with um, the symbol of thorn, uh, and they would have to wipe out their entire bloodline to uh, save the rest of the um, you know village or whatever uh, from like famine and shit like that, disease or whatever. Uh, it's like yeah. a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, this all is fine with me. I mean, even in the second film, the Sam Hain thing, it was always tied into the you know historic events of 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 the holiday Halloween. Um, so I think it actually kind of fits and it all kind of makes it a little bit more sense. Like, okay, well, why is he after Jamie Lee Curtis so much? Oh, she ended up having a daughter. Now he's after the daughter. Why is she, why did he track her down? You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Um, Oh no, totally. It does. It does make sense, but it's like, (laughs) so who's the bad guy? It just seems so much. Right. I mean, like it, you're kind of, the cult is kind of right. 
I mean, in order for the, the rest of the world not to suffer or the rest of the tribe or whatever the hell it would be, I don't know exactly how it would relate into present day. Um, but yeah, yeah. you know, like he's, Michael Myers is actually like, like doing a good thing, you know, somewhat. So it's like, it, it I know. Of, and see, that's, and that's what I kind of got confused by too, a little bit. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's kind is, of conflicting it, on, on who your protagonist is. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a little, like I said, far fetched and it's a little odd. But I just have a question: Do we ever learn what happens to the baby? Like I, mean, I, I was just thinking, like there's that scene when she's getting sacrificed. Paul Rudd's character comes and saves her, and then they run away. We never see what happens they, to the baby. They roll out in the car at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And they. So I, I guess they just get away. <laughs> move, move along. Move along now. So. I must have not paying attention that he was holding the baby. Like I don't know if you surely can see. I can't remember. It's but how about when he g- finds the baby? It's like covered in yeah. blood. It has like a thorn symbol painted into it. It's in a garbage can, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I think I'm gonna name you Steven. That seems to suit you well, dude. I laugh. How does, I how does that suit a baby covered uh, in blood well? <laughs> I fucking laughed so hard at that part. <laughs> it's like I mean, the most generically genius. bland, like plain name. Which yeah. fits his character, so makes sense, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, so like funny. back to the mythology stuff. Like I, I love it because it's an attempt. It's an attempt to try to tie things together. You're working with such a hard thing to do that, like, mm-hmm. you know, making it tie into the root of the holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of makes sense, and I, I think it was handled as best as possible. I would like to see somebody out there make this shit make sense better than they did because it still doesn't make mm-hmm. the most amount of sense, but it seems to at least, um, hit the nail somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think the mythology is a little goofy, but at the same time it does, you know, I think it, it does it what works. it's supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. yeah I actually, it, look, it, do, it look, does work, but I, like I'm actually a fan of it. Like I, I I am aware that it's kind of silly and stuff, but but I actually love the the whole idea behind it. I think it was it could have been executed a little bit better. Um, I know a lot of people hate the mythology, but you know what they left with the thorn symbol and Halloween Five. Like what the like I give the guy credit whoever wrote this because like you're like how are you gonna follow up what they did in Five? Like with yeah. the you have to follow that storyline like. <laughs> I mean, well, it's like know. Final Destination Five having to like come up with, you know. That's what I was like instantly thinking when I was like watching it. Like I, I thought of Final Destination Five, how that film started to explain some more things. Like, well, they kind of, they basically ch- they changed the rules. Yeah, in Part Five, right? So, I don't know, man. I like I, I, this movie. D- definitely have its has its moments. The theatrical cut, in my opinion, is a fucking mess of a film. Definitely. Um, just the way yeah. the story is told, it's it's the, the story is told. Like we understand, we get what they're doing and stuff. But you know, overall as a film, it's a fucking mess. The, the editing's bad. But there is things about this movie I do like. It is I a little do dark, too. But... It's it's weird. It's... I like the kills. The kills are fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, that's one of the cool things about this film. It's really amped up with the yeah. kills. It's pretty violent, and uh, um, the body count is pretty fucking high. Yeah, especially at the, the end, he's just yeah, slashed everyone. Oh, he fucking kills a lot of people. I think there's. 17 kills in the film one is off screen so they pretty much put everything on screen in this one which is pretty cool the uh, ending is feel- fucked though dude the ending is just <clears throat> like the um 
like it really doesn't have an ending. Like they just yeah. kind of escape him, and, yeah. but he's like yeah. not dead, and he just got beat up. Like, <laughs> so it's like they didn't know how to end it. Yeah, it's the same thing for the producer's cut. <laughs> you know what? Like, the, well, like like I said, this this movie has a really odd feel to it. Like I said, with the atmosphere and stuff, but it's got like that total mid '90s alternative soundtrack to the film. It does. That's yeah. why I'm saying it's like flashy. It feels such. It feels so different than all the other Halloween films. And mm-hmm. another thing too, they don't really utilize the Halloween score a lot in this film either. So yeah, it it's like kind of. It feels less th- than a Halloween film. Like compared to the other ones, it just it kind of separates itself. Yeah, like uses in the intro, and then Laurie's theme plays when Tommy's in the train station and he finds the baby. Yeah, this yeah. it just has such an odd feel to the whole film. But you know, like it, it has its good. Well, and decent things to it, but so this one is actually like to me, it feels like Myers is a bit more badass in this one, but he also, you know, you mentioned it in Halloween two, um, that or no Halloween one that the the putting the sheet on was uncharacteristic of him. Mm-hmm. Now he's that this that's completely the case in this film. Like that we're dealing with a different Michael Myers than we started out with. Like he he's um doing things that maybe Jason would do, like putting bodies in like trees and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, totally. The blood leaking down and handing the guy the towel in the shower, right? I mean, that is totally uncharacteristic <laughs> of him, right? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so this is definitely a different type this is a different character than we started with. Uh-huh. Mm. Which is natural for any kind of slasher to go uh, this direction, man. I gotta say, man, the do- uh, the dad in this film, oh, and, and that whole the whole storyline with the Strode family living in the old Michael Myers house, mm-hmm. like that's a coincidence, right? Forced, forced, <laughs> crowbarring. Well, yeah, be- well, because they couldn't sell the phone. Fu- yeah, fucking hell. So this cheap ass father, it just he's like, hey, fuck, no one, my family doesn't need to know that, you know, <laughs> all this shit went down the house. So we're moving into the house. Yeah. But it's, he's such a scumbag. Yeah. yeah, he's such an asshole. I he's like oh, the yeah. most hated character in the entire series. Oh yeah, yeah. named uh, an John and Deborah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what fucking part makes me laugh so hard is <laughs> when those kids are fucking around. Yeah, with the front lawn out there. And then he and comes like inside. That. He's like those fucking kids. Yeah. No, I, I love that he has to. He has to chop down that Michael Myers <laughs> sign with an axe. It's like you yeah. couldn't just pull it out of the fucking ground. <laughs> it was like six. It was like six-year-old kids that put it on your lawn, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy in the neighborhood you don't fuck with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. And then he's like, when he calls the uh, the, I guess his grandson, <laughs> the little fucking bastard. Yeah, yeah. And she spits like, on him. What like, a dick. Such a yeah. such a dick, man. So, <clears throat> um. This film is the the theatrical cut is messy and it you know comparing it to the producer's cut which I do think is a stronger version of the film but they're yeah. both still really messy because let's talk about some of the key differences obviously we talked about the kills uh scenes yeah being yeah different. we learn a little bit more about the mythology a longer version of that in the producer's cut we also yeah. have a bit more Loomis in the producer's and, cut and we have a bit good. more of a Tommy and the men got, in black <clears throat> in the bedroom. You, you got a lot more uh, uh, Dr. Wynn. Not Tommy, the little kid, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in this one, like, it, 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 it totally shows you how Michael and Jamie escaped, like, at the beginning yeah. and stuff with Dr. 
Dr. Wynn. And there's a whole kind of subplot with Dr. Wynn and like what he's actually trying to do yeah. in the film, which is not really explored in the, uh, in the theatrical cut. What do you, do you guys, what do you guys feel about the whole Dr. Wynn story and what he's trying to accomplish in the um, producer's cut? So he, what he's trying to, uh, what, what do you mean exactly? Well, that he was basically, you know, with the whole Michael Myers and stuff. Like, he, yeah, he's just, he's like trying to, uh, uh, he's trying to pass Doctor Loomis Thorn and, Curse onto Loomis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think is the biggest misstep of the producer's <clears throat> cut because yeah. you set up the kid as that character. You do that in your film. You set him up already. You mm-hmm. set yeah. the kid up for that. So to not follow through with that and to pass it on to somebody who's about to die makes no fucking sense and have him scream and he could barely scream but you know what i'm saying like that that doesn't make sense why you would pass it on to loomis Mm -hmm. no it doesn't because he's not it's not family right and well i don't technically the kid's not family too but i don't think it has to be family because it's 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 a new what I guess that was I guess that was one thing that I was kind of yeah I guess I guess it doesn't it doesn't have to be family mm-hmm. but uh but the point guess, is like you're doing it to an an old man like he like now Loomis is going to go kill his bloodline <laughs> get the fuck out oh, of no. here <laughs> Oh no totally it's it's completely ridiculous It doesn't make any sense like why wouldn't you want to have it from you know to give it to the young kid right? Yeah who you set I, up like it makes it makes all They sense. already <clears throat> set it up because he heard the voices like Michael did Exactly exactly when he was living in the house yeah, I know that these these fucking both these cuts are messed up, man. Yeah, and that's what they're messy. doing. Like they they literally have like the little kid in there, and you, like he's totally hearing the voices and shit. And this yeah, side, like, this you know kind of side plot. That's another it, fuck. Sorry, moods. No, it, it just fucks with your head, man. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like I guess so, there's there's like a whole bunch of more shots of him with the man in black in the house that's not in the in well, the regular cut. How about the yeah. biggest um, mystery? And that is when she says, it's your baby, isn't it, Michael? Yeah. Yeah, oh. and that you learn that in the producer's cut that, mm-hmm. you know, that you find that the baby's actually Michael's. And yeah, we like, don't learn allegedly. that. Well, allegedly, but I, I think that's kind of what they lean towards. I, they I believe they totally don't have that in the theatrical cut, but no. in the producer's yeah. cut, I was like, I was like, oh, gross. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> even the writer, I heard him before say that um it's up to the the viewer to decide like he he never really stated if if she Incest was misspeaking mis, mis mistaken um, mm-hmm. or whatever so what do you yeah. guys think because yeah. to me it doesn't make sense because if he's trying to kill the bloodline then why is he creating another member of the bloodline i just can't see michael myers fucking a chick well, well obviously the way too. i the way i seen it though i think he was maybe he was creating more bloodline to pass on that curse of thorns to hmm. his legitimate baby. That's the way I saw it. And I think maybe that's kind of what they were trying to get at, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why? The fuck well, it wouldn't, reading? it wouldn't make sense because the, the, the thorn curse is to like, the point is to end it so that everybody else don't suffer. It's not to pass the cur- the, the curse is automatically, <laughs> bestowed upon a member of a like a family like you don't need to do it again yeah yeah so i i I thought that that was a bit rocky and shaky obviously what happened in this is it needed it 
like it just needed more work the script you know there, mm-hmm. there's oh, obvious time. plot holes that yeah. you know come from i believe i think this guy was even a first time writer um so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it, it just I, has problems and both cuts mm-hmm. are really bad in terms of the plot holes and just the oh yeah ridiculousness. I find that these movies they basically just raise more questions than 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 answer? get answered. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a good way. That would probably be the quote on my poster is, you know, raises yeah. more questions, answers less of them or whatever. Now, now with that said, um in the producer's cut, I do kind of like, I don't know if you guys agree, but I do like the way Jamie is yeah. um disposed yeah. of in this movie. Yeah. It, it's it's I was just going to bring that up. theatrical. It feels more respectful to the character than just yeah. like, oh, you're dead in the first five minutes. You know, in a know, bloody, right? gruesome way. This way it's just like, oh, okay. And I think it was I think it was actually kind of a – it's a risky thing too, the way they did it too. Like she's still a young kid uh-huh. basically. And like to, to take her out the way they did in the film I thought was – it was pretty hardcore actually. Yeah. I think she's I think supposed it. to be what, 15 or 16? Yeah, but yeah. like you know, just taking her out in the hospital with a shot to the head is those it's, flash it's, those it's flashbacks vicious. for cool shots. I, I was talking about that before we started the show. Like, when so he, sorry, go no, go ahead. I was just going to talk about the flashback scenes down the hallway of the hospitals when it's a uh, it's pulling back. Like we see that we see that shot like multiple times when they're like running down the hallway and things like that. Like that that hallway of that hospital is fucking cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that. I like that. Are those the uh, the black and white shots? Yeah, yeah, those are awesome, man. Yeah, I love those shots. Like those are probably like my favorite mm-hmm. shots in the movie. I just, I think they're so cool. <clears throat> yeah. So Doctor Wynn taught Michael Myers how to drive, then, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. So, so the things are starting to slowly come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fucking Doctor Wynn. Yeah. So <clears throat> back, I mean, like it. Like that's you can tell whoever did write this was a fan of the series and he was trying to tie them all together just mm-hmm. didn't do the greatest job of it. Um and also I, I like the idea that like they the like there could there's room for another story of like how all this happened in the hospital in seventy eight, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And also in the producer's cut, we learn why Loomis doesn't have his scars anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plastic surgery. Yeah. I, I, I forgot to mention that in the theatrical cut. It bugs me every time I watch that film that, that they don't say anything in the theatrical. Because that yeah, doesn't but, even seem like a like a thing deal. you should cut, right? I mean, it's a it's yeah. like two lines. Yeah. I know. It like makes no sense. Pl- I got plastic surgery. It's like, oh, let's cut that. Out of everything else, that's what they cut. <laughs> I know. It doesn't I make any sense. It makes no sense. But yeah, so like when you're watching the producer cut, you're like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> you know what is bad writing? This is this is one like you can pick scenes like this and know that your script is messed up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Rudd's character is in the hospital where he sees Loomis, and they have that brief conversation. And obviously, Paul Rudd has something to tell him about the whole Thorn thing, and he says meet me at this place yeah, at this yeah. time that drives me insane in films because no just go with him loomis mm-hmm. like what do you like it, it, i hate when writers do that because 
exp- like explain it away better because obviously what he's trying to do is um, save that for later in the film, right? Like they they don't want to explain it there. So write it better to where he can't go with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously he yeah. tried with the security coming after him, but there's no reason Loomis couldn't have went with him or maybe say – um, you know that Loomis couldn't have kept up because he's old and walking with a cane and stuff like that. But you mm-hmm. can't just say like "meet me later" and he's like, "Wait, Tommy, wait!" <laughs> like, like why didn't Tommy wait? Jesus, I don't know if I don't know if Loomis needed a cane for like you know both hands or both legs or whatever. But if you watch him in the film, he switches up his the position of his cane from right to left hand throughout the whole film. Hmm. Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> I don't know. If, just I don't know if that was just use, the mess up the or cane as support because he's yeah. old and maybe he would just switch hands. Be like maybe he didn't have like a bad leg. Maybe it was just because he was old and needed support, so he That's would switch exactly. hands when his wrists got tired. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Now I got a question because I was finishing up this movie and uh, I was kind of thinking to myself and I'm like i find the producer's cut to actually be kind of a slower film is it just it, me it definitely oh, no, is because, because there's, there's not as many kills so it's a lot well slower it's film. not just that is you got what what they're adding into the film is mm-hmm. talking it's more uh-huh. um yeah. stuff but it's really Lewis. noticeable it's more stuff with uh you know the ex- explanation of the thorn uh symbol so it you're adding more uh you know dialogue and and in the other version, you add, you take out dialogue and add kills. So, oh, big time, yeah. Um, and you know, so therefore, it makes the film overall just feel way less atmospheric than it probably should be. You know, like, you know, nothing like Jeremy's just talking about the flashback scenes, but I find that you know having the flashback scenes just it kind of it takes you out of like you know any type of atmosphere that probably was around that you know <clears throat> until they put inserted the flash flashbacks and stuff mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it just kind of the flashback scenes are good but like the overall product of just it just takes away from any atmosphere that it has going for itself in my opinion well also you have to um look at how you watch these films you watch them back to back so automatically it's gonna feel slower the second time you watch it um even yeah. though it is slower me i started watching them back to back and then i got about a half hour into it and then we had that little skype conversation so i just restarted the next day and i didn't feel i i could tell that it was slower but it didn't bug me i thought it was still more entertaining um with the added dialogue scenes there is i will say this there is an opportunity here for a better cut than both the producer cut and the theatrical cut where you mash the the stuff the, the kills, two together yeah the kills from the theatrical I, into the- I thought the exact same thing yeah so <laughs> I'm funny. sure we'll probably see like a better cut eventually because let's face it they need to sell Halloween as many times as they can anchor bait oh, yeah, looking at sure. you the producer's <laughs> theatrical cut yeah okay to come up with a name of it I don't know if it's just me. Or, but like, doesn't it seem like Tommy probably should die in the film? Mm. <laughs> like, no, like, no, I, I totally think, think that he should die. I don't know what it is. I, I just don't see him as this hero type. Like, I mean, I understand that he figures out like this whole mythology and stuff like that, but for some odd reason, I was just, it just seemed to me that he should be dying. Well, I mean, <laughs> but, I think that's because we have a final girl type character with him, but. To me, personally, I don't look at him as a hero. I look at him as more of, like, the survivor. Um, he just is basically surviving Michael Myers. 
but I actually don't like the final girl in this film at all. So, like, I had to latch on to somebody, and it was Paul Rudd. Yeah. Hmm. Paul Rudd plays the final girl. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd yeah, as that, the that performance, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, it's a big pussy the whole time anyway. Nah, dude, Paul Rudd's cool in this. Who is Paul Rudd, anyway? What's he in? A lot of uh, Judd Apatow comedies. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, you know, I like the, but I love that idea, right? Tommy Doyle like being like a main character now, like, I, like I'm, I think they could have d- done a little bit better with that idea. Where's Lindsay, right? Um, have those two, the the mm-hmm. main characters. <clears throat> yeah, I thought I, I, I thought it was interesting that you know Tommy was a a main character, and so I think that's a pretty cool idea. But I just. I don't know, man. Something about the character that just uh, it just bugged me. He reminds you know, like, me of the like the the typical like '90s weird like supposed to be weird character. Like, well, that's the thing. They they even basically, his room and they, stuff. It like really mm-hmm. reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. They they kind of just make him out to be like more weird than he actually is. Maybe it's the performance. I don't know, but like I said before, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, it works for me. I like it. Um, so which cut do you guys like better? I really like the producer's cut like mm-hmm. a good bit better. Now it does have the same some of the same problems as the theatrical cut. It's messy, um, but I do think it it makes the film less annoying because of the bad editing in the theatrical cut, especially towards the end. Uh, it's yeah. much more smooth in the the producer's cut, um, and I actually do think that it makes the film make a little bit more sense. Uh, what do you think of the ending though between the two like do you like the ending in the producer's cut with Michael just standing there like a fucking idiot and not doing anything yeah because it makes sense in the story it makes sense yeah but it's like it's weird to see Michael just like stand there like an idiot yeah because you know it was over yeah you know I I think that was pretty interesting but Uh, to me I think that what, what really sucks about the producer's cut is it is the ending sucks just as much as the theatrical cut, <laughs> yeah. if not more. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. both bad endings. Yeah, I agree. Moves, <laughs> which cut do you prefer? Um, I slightly like the producer's cut a little more just because I think the story, like just the way everything's kind of yeah, edited together, together. Yeah. It's, it's a little more watchable than the first one. It's just such a fucking mess. Um yeah, and I do agree that both endings aren't that great, but the overall product, I, I do wish in the in the producer's cut that they had the the not edited uh, kills. Well, they're not you know, edited; that, they just didn't exist yet, right? It, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, hey, this third cut—that's what they could put back in. There. Maybe we should know, do a right? twenty-two shots of moods and horror cut. <laughs> yeah, and it would be <laughs> yeah. the best cut. And it yeah. take fucking forever to do. Yeah, we'll so, actually yeah. go. We'll, <laughs> we'll actually go do some reshoots with Daniel Harris and replace <laughs> replace yeah. Yeah. the other girl. <laughs> All right. Well, um, ratings on Halloween Six, the theatrical version. JP, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I'm biased with this rating because it. I feel like it should be lower, but I actually like this film, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Mm. Jeremy? Um, 
I agree that this film's a mess. I really, really enjoyed the kills, like we've talked about. But besides that, um, like I said, I've, I had a little bit of trouble watching it. Uh, the lighting was too low and things like that. But that's obviously a, a, a problem. With I didn't the really notice cuts. the lighting. Are you sure it's not your copy? Mm, maybe. Luke, did but... you have an issue with the lighting? Mm, no, it looked fine to me. I actually was quite impressed with these transfers, I have to say. Yeah. On the theatrical and the producer's cut. Holy fuck, man. I don't like, know. Maybe I was watching it, it during the it day. Good. And the sun was coming through the window or whatever. So maybe I'm just that was just me being stupid. But... Um, <laughs> I like the kills and I, I like the ending with Michael going on the massacre in the hospital. I think it's fun, but um, yeah, I give this one a five. It's just average for me, but I, I actually enjoy it a lot more than Halloween Five. So, which to me that actually seems like the appropriate rating for the film. It does seem like it should be about a five, but I have like personal likes about the film that I'm having a hard time separating. So. The gore is awesome, so check it out. Yeah. That you know, and that's pretty much what you know why the rating I give is there because of the kills. Like, I mean, the kills are they're definitely rewatchable, but as as a as a whole for the film, there's so many things about this movie that bug me. Like I said, I really I don't understand the Tommy Doyle character at all. Um, it doesn't work for me. I think Paul Rudd was awful in the performance. Oh yeah. Um, but and there's and, and obviously the editing. It's 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 a very tedious watch for me. But if it wasn't for those pretty awesome kills in this, I don't think there's a lot of replay value in this film for myself. Um, with that said, and I'm I'm a very big lover of like really good kills in films, so I tend to give ratings that are a little higher because of that. Um, this one I am going to give a five and a half out of ten for mm. the uh, the theatrical, and it's mostly because of the uh the kills and stuff and i think i think michael myers actually does look pretty badass in this film too yeah i so. actually like some of the i actually think that the like music choices and uh, there, there's one scene in particular when he come like in the beginning chase scene when uh jamie lloyd's escaping the hospital and he just pops out of the uh yeah. you know the thing like i think he just looks so badass there and yeah, it, it's cool. like i almost want to clap because you know i love like michael myers and stuff like it it, it really like accentuates uh, like like his presence and mm-hmm. um like things like that is what kind of makes me like the film is there there's a few of those moments especially there's a moment in the in the house uh the the boarding house where he uh the lightning flashes and he's outside the window like there are some cool stuff in this film too it's the story oh, totally. that's completely messy and that's mm-hmm. the reason why it's a bad film I but think we all agree with that though i i kind yeah. of like those yeah. those scenes kind of affected my rating more than just the kills um because honestly i like the kills but i don't think they're like that amazing like there's some better shit in like friday the 13th films well i mean but we're not talking about friday the 13th i'm talking about halloween in general like i mean we've discussed this before i think and like if you look at the whole franchise with the exception of the um rob zombie films you know the kills in the first films are not that great like there's nothing like holy shit you know it's nothing except for the hot tub yeah (laughs) yeah so there's the odd one here and there so that's why this film kind of sticks out for me because the kills are like holy shit you know definitely so what was your rating 5.5 five and a half out of ten yeah so the producer's cut what do you rate that one um i guess i can go first um i Okay, this movie works a little little more for me, even though I said it it feels like you know it feels a little uh, slower at times, but I, I don't think it hurts it that much. 
Um, the thing that does bug me, like I said, you know, the kills are just a lot better in the theatrical version, which we discussed why. Um, but I think this one works a little better. Uh, overall, it's still not the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> you know, it's still Paul Rudd in that Tommy character. Um, but I do like a lot of the things that they did incorporate this. The ending is, to me, is not very good no. at all. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go a little higher, a little higher, six, six out of 10 on this one. Hmm. Jeremy. All right. Um, I pretty much agree with everything mood says. It matters. What kind of film do you want? Do you want a slasher type Halloween or do you want a story based Halloween? And it's all based on your opinion. And that's what I think is going to be the ultimate difference of what one that you enjoy more than the other. If you get the chance to see both of them, um, I kind of like the things that they did with Jamie's character with the flashbacks and things like that. Um, I'm happy the way that they offered wasn't as stupid as it is in the in the theatrical cut. I think it's just totally unnecessary and just you know just trying to get more money out of the gore than actually building on Jamie's character because we we build this attachment towards her for the last two films, and then they just go and they offer like they do in Jamie with the. Rachel. What's, uh, with, uh... Rachel, right? From five. Yeah, yeah. Four and five. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly like that. And even with Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis's character in Resurrection, like, you build this connection with, with these characters, and then they just kill them in a stupid way like that. So at least I gave the producer's cut a little bit more credit. They kept her, kept her around a little bit longer, and they gave a, a logical reason of who who killed her and why and things like that. So I like that. Like I said, I like the flashbacks. Um, I like I liked it a little bit. Added scenes between uh, the little kid and the man in black in the bedroom and things like that. Just overall, I I'm more of a story type person more than a more than a kill slasher type person. So of course I enjoyed this version over the last one. So I gave it a six and a half out of ten. All right. Uh, pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, I feel like the the death of Jamie Lloyd was a bit more respectful. Uh, I also think that just the pure fact that the editing isn't shit at the end automatically makes it better. So it's a 6.5 out of 10. Mm. Interesting. Cool, cool stuff. All right. So then moving along to... Oh, boy. Halloween 7 or Halloween H2O or H20, however you want to say it. 20 years later. It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party, just the four of us. We could have a roaming orgy. I love the way this man thinks. No booze, no drugs, no kidding. One teacher is living in fear. I'm not who you think I am. I changed my name when I went into hiding. Terrible. Take off your clothes. My brother killed my sister. <laughs> How'd he do that? With a really big kitchen knife. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. It's been 20 years. What's he waiting for, huh? Don't you think he would have shown up by now? No. This is a sick joke. Now, 
the face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. This summer, Terror won't be taking a vacation. Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. Halloween H2O. 20 years later from the year 1988, or how I like to call it, Halla Scream. 98, 98. 98. Yeah. I said 88. Did I say 88? Yep. Yeah. I call this film Halla Scream sometimes. Uh, but this film follows Laurie Strode, who is now a uh, private school teacher or dean or something. That Myers just doesn't know about. And she is now going under a different name, uh, Carrie Tate, because uh, she kind of went into like protection like kind of like the witness protection thing but you know she kind of did it herself she faked her death and stuff uh she now has a a, a 17 year old son um she is a alcoholic who is trying to deal with uh the fact that her brother uh tried murdering her twice in the same night and she is dealing with dramas with her son and basically myers decides to show back up he tracks her down and it's a Halloween film. So this one, this place is four, five, and six. I think we should say that right at the bat. Everyone obviously knows that, but it what? Yeah, this it displaces four, five, oh, and yeah. six like they never existed. It now there was um, a a version of the script that actually did tie the films in together, um, and it happened in the classroom. Uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis was teaching in where she uh, there was a student who was doing a report on Michael Myers and she listed off all the things that Michael Myers did Um, you know the night of 1978 you know then into the hospital then into uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter's uh, thing and Jamie Lee Curtis was supposed to start breaking down and crying because of her daughter who was killed because she abandoned her and stuff like that but it never made it Mm -hmm. into the film it should have because yeah, I be think that would have been a great scene. I believe Kevin Williamson wrote that scene because he was kind of like an uncredited writer on that film, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just never used it in, t- in the film. Yeah. So uh, Kevin <laughs> Williamson wrote a, a, a lot of this film from what I hear. Yeah, it's just so odd, man. You know, they leave that shit out. So it's just, you know, this one takes place basically after the events of two, 20 years later. You know, Totally ignoring four, five, and six. It's yeah, like, they never uh, found his body, the one that was melting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marion Chambers comes back. It's <laughs> awesome. So, in, in my opinion, this this movie starts out pretty decent. You know, it's got like three kills in the first ten minutes. Yeah, two of them are off screen. Unfortunately, uh, that's one odd thing about this movie too is that the the body count in this film is super low. Like I think there's only like six or seven kills in the entire film. Mm-hmm. Most of them are off screen. It's it's pretty pretty tame actually. Um, yet right off the hop there, you know the the voiceover, the guy. Uh, well, it's not. It's supposed to be Doctor Loomis, but it's not Doctor <laughs> Loomis's voice. Yeah. 
I really don't even know why they put that into the film. Uh, any 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 I, thoughts I think, on that? Yeah, I love that they put that into the film. It was like a it was like a nod else, to Doctor Loomis. Yeah, I know what they're doing, but it, it was like this voiceover. You know, I, I just think that it wouldn't supposed have flowed, to be Loomis. It wouldn't have flowed right using the clips. Um, but I think it's better than not do like like even though it's not how we would want it to be. I still love that they. Um, like cared enough to honor Doctor Loomis's character. I think, I think that they should have just approached it differently. Not like, have like pictures some... of him, or have like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character say something about how he helped her, or whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean this like American voice. It, it just was not Doctor Loomis's voice, and it was just like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I, know. I didn't I, think it was. Uh, I thought he did an okay job of like impersonating the character. I, I didn't have an issue with it at all. Yeah, I've never. I never liked that part, man. I always thought it was just like. I think they could have just approached it differently, but that's just me. That's just me, you know, nitpicking as usual. Yeah, um, I, they probably could have found a better way to do it. But at the same time, like it, I, I don't unless they could have, you know, actually like used sound clip, like sound bites from from the films, and it and it sounded right. Like uh, maybe they actually tried that, and it just wasn't working properly. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the opening. Uh, let, let's say it did work properly, and and that was like the actual Doctor Loomis's voice. Like like that wouldn't it have been really awesome? Look like sounding and looking like the opening credits like that. So oh, I yeah. think like you know, I I think I can like kind of picture what it what it would have sounded like if if they was able to do that. And and that's kind of how I look at it. I, I just like I think it's a cool little nod, and and it's and it's a it's a, a good way to open the film. You know, twenty years later and stuff like. I understand mm-hmm. your issues with a, a person impersonating, you know, Donald Pleasance. Um, it it kind of might rub rub you the wrong way a bit, and I agree. So we talked about uh, Paul Rudd's performance, and me and Jeremy are on the same page. You you seem to like his performance. Um, it, it's kind of funny into this one. H two O, Josh Harnett is cast as uh, Laurie's son. Yeah. Um, he's a he's absolutely fucking horrendous in this movie. Really? I'm sorry, but he is awful. Well, like, why? LA Cool J is pretty shitty too. No, he's, he's just not. not. Both of them are very acceptable. Actually, actually, LL Cool J has one motherfucking funny ass line in this movie that I pissed myself laughing so hard because I don't know if you guys ever noticed or like heard things about Josh Harnett, but people always comment about how his hair is always fucking messy and yeah, it just always looks like, like shit all hair. the time. Yeah. And he fucking says to him, comb your hair. I paused the movie as laughing so hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot about that line. Like I hadn't watched H2O in a long time dude if you myself. don't have a problem with josh hartnett in the faculty you shouldn't have a problem with him here because he's playing the same character yeah he's not he's not good in that movie either really i, I don't know dude i have no issue with him like i think he really plays like oh. a, a normal like you know 90s teenager perfectly fine i don't no, I find he's just he's just bad the way he delivers lines and stuff. It's just I don't know. There's something about the guy that just, just does not work for what me. Is he ben he's, he's not convincing. He's not convincing to me. What's he been but, in lately? Just does anybody know? But but you you're, you you kind of got to look at okay. Like this is this is similar to how everybody says like every slasher from the '80s had bad acting. It's just the style of acting that there was. This is that '90s <laughs> style, dude. It's what you gotta. It's just like Scream, and it's just like I know what you did last summer, and just like the faculty. Yeah, and man, and I know what you did last summer has some of the worst acting in it too, man. Freddie Prince Jr. I, I don't is think it's horrible in that movie. Like he's beyond horrible in that movie. I think it's just the style, dude. I don't. It know. could be, 
it could be it could be the bad dialogue. I don't know. But all I'm saying is that it doesn't work for me. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm just, it is what it is, I'm right? I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, and he won the MTV Movie Award for Best Breakout Male Performance in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. That sounds about right. That's fucking uh, awesome. It's funny. Uh, um, but no, like, th- this is this is the same thing with the 80s, dude. Like everybody says how awful the acting is in the 80s. It doesn't bug me because it's it's just the way that it was. It was done differently than it was, you know, is now. And I think the 90s has this very weird style of acting that it it, it could come off as bad to most people. But I don't really have a huge issue with it. But I don't know, though, because there's other people like, you know, that I watch from 90s films and stuff that are fine. Yeah. Completely fine, and I have no issues with it. It's just they're fine in the scream films, or the you know scream. But I feel like they're yeah, almost like, the same. Like it's the same. Like like you look at Randy's character in Scream. It's probably like, because is that acting? Yeah, I don't. It it could be the tone and the way it's shot too. I don't know. Maybe it just has that same type of feel. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Josh Harnett. Uh, you know, not what? really doing a lot for me. Doesn't really. I don't really have a negative feel towards him, but I will say somebody who did do a good job. I think Jamie Lee Curtis gave her best performance in all of the Halloween films. She has a lot more range in this one. Well, I would hope so. It's fucking twenty years later, JP. Yeah, she obviously correct. has evolved as an actress in twenty years. I would. But hope, I do. Ha- I, I do have to say. Better. I think it's one of Jamie Lee's first scenes in the film where she's like pulling off like some crazy scream. Yeah. You guys don't see what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And I don't find that I don't find that scream very good. Uh I can't remember. Like at all. I think it's like right in the beginning of the film. I think it might be Is that a, the one where she like wakes up from the nightmare? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's the nightmare scene where she's where she's screaming. It probably wasn't any good. Yeah, I think no, I, it, I think I'm remembering that. But I, I what I'm saying is um she's playing she's playing somebody who has been in fear her entire life and mm-hmm. Like I think she does a good job of delivering that. She seems to be this overbearing, overprotective mother, and I think she nails that. And she's very serious. Doesn't um, you know? She, she kind of has that look of like a principal or something that works works good. It, it, she's doing a lot of different things, and mm. um, I like think that this is the one time where I don't find her overrated. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy how many famous people are in this movie that's now famous now. Like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Michelle Williams was both in this movie, and they're pretty big now. Yeah, I just noticed that. That's pretty interesting. Had yeah, George. also had a cameo uh, by uh, Janet Lee. Yeah, Janet Lee. Oh man, dude. There's so many Easter eggs in this film. It's just like ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> especially psycho like, reference the awesome. scenes. Psycho. Well, man. like honestly, like when there's a scene where uh, where Laurie or Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis's character um, is walking into her office. Yeah, and Janet Lee, I think, is like a principal or something. She's something to do with the school. Like, I'm, I'm not entirely. I sure I think what she was like a se- like a secretary or something. Something rather, but then she goes. She says to Jamie Lee's cur- or her character, she's like, "Oh yeah, you know the drains are plugged up again. The shower <laughs> drains are plugged mm-hmm. up." I started laughing. I, was I, like, I think he, um, I've heard okay. people say that they felt like that all all of those scenes were like really hammered in, but I actually like them. It, it's it's cool. Um, how she's like, you know, I 
I want to act maternal for a second here or something. You know, it's funny because it's a yeah. mom. <laughs> and then, we, yeah, I, I know that's funny too. And then, of course, when uh, she's seen her outside and Janet Lee gets into the exact car yeah. that she was driving in Psycho. Yep. Like, that's just so awesome that they did that. I love mm-hmm. that. I thought it was super cool. But, uh, yeah, there's actually quite a few. Um, did you, if you guys ever noticed the, uh, the Sarah Michelle Geller scene in this film? Uh, what's that? <laughs> yeah, what's that? <laughs> it's so, it's basically, uh, there's a couple girls in this, in, um, in the, in a bedroom. They're sitting there bullshit and whatnot. And, uh, the dad walks in and one of the girls' name is Sarah that's in the room. And he's like, Sarah. And if you look on the TV in that scene, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar's on Sabrina. on the screen from Scream 2. Oh, Scream and, 2. And when he says to his daughter, whose name is Sarah, she turns around. Well, Sarah Michelle Gellar on TV turns around and looks at him <laughs> at the exact <laughs> same funny. time. It's like it's so quirky, man, that he did this shit. <laughs> it's fucking – yeah, it is really funny, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I will say that this film feels – way too influenced by scream that's why i call it hollow scream because it's it is scream but it's with michael myers dude because everything is so the movie poster the movie poster is scream we have scream playing on the tv uh we have uh the um chase scenes are very scream like uh the uh actors the f- the 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 small cast of you know the like like the the four teens all like feels really uh influenced by scream like how i know what you did what last summer was and urban legend and mm-hmm. all of those um totally. it just screams like 90s scream to me and that's the thing man Th- this movie overall to me does not really feel like it's probably got the least feeling halloween atmosphere out of all the films in my besides resurrection besides resurrection i would agree with that because one you're setting it in a place that is just no one would ever think of halloween when you walk in there you know what i mean yeah, like, totally. like everybody's wearing um you know uniforms like it's it's just so far removed from the streets of haddonfield yeah, there's not like a lot of Halloween things going on. Like the score is not even used that much in the film. They actually changed up the score quite a bit in this one. If you guys notice towards the end, there's like since since when it play yeah, wait. like once it plays, it's got like a lot more strings and stuff to it. Since it we were talking about Scream, JP, do you remember Jamie uh, Drew Barrymore's character's name in Scream? Uh, Wasn't it like Becker or something? Casey Becker doesn't in the movie when. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is talking to their kids, talking to her, uh, her son and their girlfriend. Doesn't she say, "Go down and go down the street to the Becklers"? Like, yeah, she does. Yeah, she yeah, does. that's funny. That's another, I noticed that. Yeah, there's yeah. another Easter. Well, obviously, so Dimension yeah, yeah. Scream was a huge hit in what '96, yeah. right? This two, year, two, two years, years later. Time. Obviously, they were just you know trying to make. It, and it's the same company, right? The Weinstein's yep. uh, dimension, like you know, I just I just noticed that they're just so piggybacking on that. Um, I will say one of the, th- the the most annoying things in this film to me is the mask of Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not one of the better ones. Well, that's for sure. One, do you did you guys notice the the, the CGI mask that they use? There was CG in there. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. You did not know, dude. It's for a brief second. You know the kid up in the kitchen, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he turns around and Michael Myers there, the entire mask is CGI. What? It's only – I'm Funny. telling you, get right after this podcast, go back to it. Fast forward to that scene. The whole mask is CGI. Not just like a, a piece of it. Like they CGI'd a mask over his head. Okay. Now my question is why would they have to CG a mask? Yeah, well, from what I understand – they had like seven different masks that looked different in the filmmaking and they couldn't decide on which one to use. So like there's like huge problems with the production and the mask. But my main problem with it is the eye holes. They're way too big because you can literally see his cheeks and stuff. Like the yeah, yeah, totally. It's annoying <laughs> to me, man. I hate the mask in this one. It really bugs me. I don't understand why they can't just keep the fucking same mask, man. It, it, th- that is something that really annoys me about. It's like, why can't scene. they? Why does he? Why does he change the mask? Where does he find them? It's like, why can't he just keep the same fucking mask? Well, it also, not even him, like the character, but I mean, like the production. Like, why? Why is? Can they never seem to like uh, get a good, like, like a good representation of the original mask? Right? I mean, yeah. in Halloween mm. Four, you have that like slick back hair one. Like yeah. and then Halloween six, it lo- looks a little more gray. Halloween five, it's really white or something. You know, it, it's like H two O. The eye holes are too big and it looks a little skinny. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, it's something about the. <laughs> it is odd though. It totally is odd. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. Th- this movie right here, I, I think I used to. Um, I think I used to, you know, care for it a lot more than I do now. I think like, like well, I hear everybody main... like praising this movie. What this this movie I find is, I just don't find that great, man. To be honest, like, I it does not feel like a great atmospheric Halloween film. In the first hour of the movie, there's only like a couple scenes with Michael even in the film. Yeah, you know, for like a they didn't utilize Michael a lot, so they don't have that you know that Halloween type slasher you know feel to it and stuff. It's just a lot of other things going on in this one, and it's just it's kind of lackluster. I mean, there's like no body count in this film. Most of the kills are off screen. There's mm-hmm. yeah, probably... the last like the last like half hour is just Laurie and Michael battling it out. Yeah, but exactly. that's what it's all led to, right? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You have but, these totally these two but the characters first, the first who have had hour so the much history. Yeah, but the first hour of the movie's like it doesn't even it doesn't feel that great. You know what I'm saying? Like I understand the whole that final product of this film, what they wanted to do with, you know, you know, completing this trilogy of, you know, the Halloween story, whatever you want to call it. It makes sense. But the, everything leading up to it, it just doesn't it doesn't work for me that well see okay well the the, i think that you just have an issue with the characters mainly and i think that's probably like what what mainly affects your like it doesn't feel like a halloween film at all like i don't i don't think i don't think that they utilize the uh like i said like the score there's like really no atmosphere it's the first time that we see a different setting not in hayden field too yeah and i think that's like the the main problem here like like uh, the score the 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 actual use of the holiday halloween uh but to me this film was more about the confrontation between uh Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. I do agree that the the setting really does throw it off, but I think the actions of what's happening with the kids is no different than what was happening in the other Halloween films. And I do agree that it doesn't feel like a Halloween film, Um, but I'm willing to accept that. And that 
I think that the, you know, the battle between Michael and Jamie is awesome because we never see somebody kick Michael's ass. Like, like we finally find somebody who has, has, um, enough experience with him and enough, uh, you know, uh, maturity to kind of not be the scared teenager anymore. The person who's tired of being scared and i think yin's guys are really undervaluing uh that whole dynamic of the film because that's what this film's about okay but yeah that's the the, the end of the film right I'm, I'm talking about like everything leading up into that point just generic it, feels generic it feels very generic it's slow there's the, not the a lot stuff going with the on kids, yes is generic but the stuff with jamie lee curtis isn't it's all character development <clears throat> Maybe, mm-hmm. Do you guys not and, like the character development? Not, not exactly. To be honest, I find this movie completely overrated. Hmm. Like I, I, I'm like I know I'm playing. I'm not even playing devil's advocate here. This is true and honest. I used to like this movie a lot more, and and now that I've seen it a few more times, and I'm just like. I don't really understand the whole hype behind this. I understand maybe that everyone's like, okay, you know, fucking Laurie's finally going to get a revenge on Michael and take him out and stuff. That's fine. I like that idea. Fucking ending happens. Yeah. You know, I it's it's cool. Like, I understand what they're getting at. But this fucking movie doesn't feel like like a really good Halloween film at all. I've only and seen it twice, so maybe my opinion will change. Yeah. See, I, I didn't like it. it when I first seen it. I'm I'm like kind of the opposite. Like I actually didn't like it like at all, and it was kind of because mm-hmm. it wasn't a Halloween film, and, and it didn't really feel the same and things like that. But as I kind of looked at it in a different way, this is only about the fourth time that I've seen it. Um, I really like the opening. I think that's where we get our Halloween feel. That's set in Haddonfield or wherever mm-hmm. it's supposed to no, be. That's with the, the kids. opening scene is probably one of the best scenes in the film for myself. Yeah, you so know. I think that they gave us a nice little taste of what it used to be, and they now gave this you, is and, what it is now. Yeah, and they even gave you Marion Chambers' character and things like that. Yeah, I loved Nancy Stevens being in the film. I thought it was awesome. And mm-hmm. the, all, all the little nods to things, and obviously this is how this is this is Halloween and Scream combined to me. So, so you yeah, kind of yeah. have to accept that. But it's the best damn version. It's the best damn Halloween version of Scream that I think they could have made. <laughs> Um, and I, I understand that you have beefs with the overall tone and feel of the film. Um, but I think if you really kind of invest in the Laurie Strode character now, after all of these years and really kind of focus on that, it's actually a hell of a interesting, uh, battle, uh, both with Laurie Strode against herself, Laurie Strode against her son, and eventually Laurie Strode against her brother. Yeah, I mean, we see that in the film, obviously. 20 years later, she is, you know, she's got a a good professional job, but she has, you know, personal issues. She's an alcoholic. She's got issues with her son and stuff like that. Psychological problems, too, man. Yeah, she's got psychological problems. That's, like, the biggest problem. So, you know, she's not a (laughs) She can't even, like, look into a window without seeing Michael behind her. It's like... Exactly. I'd be fucking an alcoholic, too, if that happened to me. (laughs) That's actually a scene that they uh, duplicated from the original Halloween, too. The, uh... The, um... Uh, the girl in the in the classroom looking out the window and seeing Michael mm-hmm. Myers, yeah, they pretty much just redid that scene, um, which I was fine with and stuff. But yeah, you know, it's a I mean, I understand the original. Totally, I, I thought that was cool. That was cool, and you know, I thought the Easter eggs and stuff were they were they were comical to me. I, th- I thought it was pretty fun and stuff. But overall, it just I don't know, man. 
I don't even know. <laughs> like, I just, I, I, there's something about this movie that I just, I, I don't dislike this movie. You know, it, it may sound like I, I kind of do, but kind of I just don't find Halloween it. Three. I don't think it's I don't think it's as great as people make it out to be because I always hear people like put H2O up in there with like, you know, their favorite in the Halloween series and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not there with that at all. And I think that's where I'm coming from. I'm just, I mean, you know, like, it's not it's not a horrible film. I understand what they're doing with this, like, you know, the whole build up and stuff. And that's fine. It's just it doesn't really do a lot for myself. Probably like know. my fifth favorite, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. you're Well, what it is, is uh, I'm biting. You're not. Right. I mean, you just don't you're just not feeling it. I I'm liking what I'm seeing. I do agree with the stuff that you're saying about the tone and stuff. But overall, I th- I just like the the way that they handled the uh, relationship between Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis, because that's what this film was made to be about. Halloween 20 mm-hmm. years later. I remember the trailer. I remember the 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 specific scene of Jamie Lee Curtis coming face to face with the door in between her and Michael Myers and it kind of was just a powerful moment and um I, I don't know why they couldn't have said it like it made the setting a little different I think it it was really influenced by by the Scream series and stuff like that like I said and it was mm-hmm. trying to be more like cool I guess than and Halloween was, you know, this was 90s Halloween, right? I mean, it, it wasn't as big as it was in the 80s. It wasn't a, as big of a deal, like the the holiday. And even Still now... Still 73 million, though. Now. I'm talking yeah. about the holiday. Like, yeah, now. Yeah. The holiday is, like, completely extinct in, like, my neighborhood. Like, so I, I think that that also had something to do with it. Um, overall, mm. uh, I think the ending is one of the best endings in the series, aside from the first film. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that with the next one, the ending, <laughs> because the way that they try to make the series goes on just pisses me off. But... Well, so what do you guys think about this ending, though? Um, I liked his head rolling down the hill. I thought that was pretty cool. But you didn't <laughs> like the idea that, okay, um, Jamie Lee Curtis pretty much, you know, Lori Strode Michael Myers is, ass. like, well, even when he I first shows up, is... she she is in complete control she's like all right all right this is what she like learned from all of the, her experiences and it's totally unexpected right you expect her to be like the final girl like running and running and like like she handles her own. Uh, she's she's too old to be a final girl now i think that's the thing i think she's matured into a final woman and that <laughs> woman aspect <laughs> is able to yeah yeah come uh, on man it's true think about it when you think I, about but it. final like, girl like is like just a term it doesn't have to I, be an actual like young yes, girl Yes, yes, JP. I'm just trying to be a little bit of a comical sense to the aspect. <laughs> you know, I don't mind. Like the ending, I think is is appropriate, and I think that's you know pretty much what you would expect from you know to finish up this the Halloween series kind of deal, right? Um, obviously, <clears throat> uh, you know, Lori killing her brother. Uh, but Supposedly. I don't know, man. I have to say that when Michael kind of shows a little bit of remorse there, or if it, I don't know. Maybe it's my opinion that he's trying to do that. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I think it comes off a little corny. See, I think – I don't know, man. I, I'm looking at it like like he is somebody who has been doing something a long time. You know, He's been on this constant goal of trying to track down his sister and murder her and, and you know whatever. And I think he's just realizes that like – 
like, you know, it's over and just kind of reaches out to the only thing he knows. Like, I don't think he's doing it in like a sentimental way. I just think he's, he sees her and he's like a zombie almost, right? Like that they're just reaching out to the only thing they know. I, it was done in a little, I think it was more done from Jamie's point of view as like this sympathetic thing because, um, you know, it is her brother and she's more human than he is. I think he was just kind mm-hmm. of like almost like a dog, like how you see him tilt his head where he was just reaching out in the mo- in he the moments of death. Um, but no, that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> like, like how he tilts his head where he's like the human element of him is gone. I think mm-hmm. he's just like trying to reach his hand out, like re- just reaching to the like, like instinctual. Maybe. Maybe I I don't see it like that. I I I see it kind of out of character a little bit. Like, hey, you know, give me a hand. I'm trapped between this tree and this fucking truck. <laughs> I don't think he ever was. Like, I never interpreted it as like he was reaching for her to like save yeah, him like, or anything. I, I think like he people... was just about to die, and he was just doing the only thing that anybody does when they're about to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, you the can way look I've, at it like the way I've heard it from like people is like he's reaching out to ask for like. Oh, I'm sorry. What I've done to you, which is like that's well, total that's what bullshit. I said about the, yeah, I don't... like the remorse thing. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I know. I think it's like up for interpretation. He would, he would really. never, he would never say he was sorry. It's like really. Well, I've seen other people say where he's trying to trick her into helping him and and shit like that. Huh. That um, makes more sense. Yeah, that makes, that more, makes sense. more sense. No, yeah. I think it that makes. Oh, I don't even want to think of that. But I mean, it does though. Not for Michael Myers, though, man. He's he's not a like cunning person. You know, he's not like trying. He's not like Jigsaw or something. Like he's he's this. He's the shape. He's the boogeyman. He's the um, Mm -hmm. person who's going to. He's uh, he's that same person that would never put white sheets on his head and put glasses over top and stuff. And (laughs) yeah, well, but we've said that that is uncharacteristic of him, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just. Yeah, um, but no, like also the the whole thing with Jamie, she stabs him to death, right? Or so we think. And normally in any other film, that would be it. But no, she has this this weight and this experience with her where she's like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I'm not letting this happen again. I am fed up. And she she steals the ambulance via gunpoint, uh, which totally fits to me like this crazy – woman who just like cannot let it go until she's finally a hundred percent sure that she killed him you know stills the ambulance and like i love how that scene plays out and i i kind well, of that does do make s- sense though but i mean it, it makes normally sense because it wouldn't happen that way right like normally totally not films don't do that you're always like you're like well he's not really dead but the characters don't realize that but she mm-hmm. fucking realizes that and that's why i give this film props um, because I really like how they handled Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode. And I, I, I do – I can see how it could come off corny, that scene, because I think the more you watch it, the more uh, you can feel that way. But I remember when I first seen it, it was way more powerful than this time seeing it. So I can see how maybe it would uh, yeah, yeah, kind of rub off and, and, and just become kind of like a joke at a certain point. Um, especially with – but if – also, we got to look at – we know that resurrection happens. So if that really was the end, I think it was a very you know perfect moment between brother and sister, brother being a maniac. I do agree. The beginning of resurrection really does hurt H2O a little bit. 
You know, it's like... Yeah, that pisses me off. We'll get into that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Did you guys notice in this film, man, just taking it back? I know we're at the ending right now, but this movie had like in a, a so many fucking jump scares in this one. Was it just... Was Halloween yeah, all that's, over again. That's like this one um, has this one has lots of jump scares, and I was like, "Holy fuck, man! What's with the jump scares in this?" I don't know. Yeah, it just seemed like it was happening a lot more than nineties scream thing, dude. I don't. Yeah, it, it, ugh. fuck. <laughs> I know. I was. It was actually getting on my nerves a little bit. I'm like, another one. I'm like, I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> I, you know what? The biggest thing that I've took away from this conversation is that you guys have never seen the CGI mask because it's gonna blow your fucking mind when yeah, you like. I'm, it. I it's was like, so I must have bad. just not even realized. No, literally, you can blink very... and it would be like gone. They said there oh, were okay. scenes that they had to do it on, which is like there was multiple places. <laughs> I think there might be. Se- you know, when she looks out the window and his face is like behind that thing. I, I think that um, you know, the the girl in class. I think that one might be CGI too, but I'm not sure. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like the scene. Um, I think when uh, Lori gets into her car, I think it's when she gets into her car and she turns on the radio and it's playing the the Mr. Sandman song. That song's been like. utilized through what, like four of the films or something. Yeah, no, it's it's cool that they keep using that because it just it has like that special feel. Like when I hear that song, I think of like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like I always yeah. do, and oh. yeah. so I like the fact that they keep putting that in there. It's just it's kind of that reminder. Can I just can I just read a little tidbit here that I'm reading on Wikipedia? It says the Halloween comic book series published by Chaos Comics in 2001 bridged the continuity between Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, and Halloween H2O, but in doing so made the plot of Halloween Resurrection impossible. So I guess there's a comic out there that like bridges the two together. You know what's crazy is those comic books that come out based on these films have way better continuity than any of the films. Like they really work hard in it. Like even like the um freddy versus jason versus ash and stuff yeah, yeah. like how they uh connect uh jason goes to hell with because the, the necronomicon's in the basement of the film which is pretty cool right i mean that that, that was a cool way to tie it in yeah it's a good comic man i actually have that it's yeah good stuff. but you, you nice know the violence. necronomicon is in the film like like that's what's cool about it right yeah yeah, yeah. there's that brief shot of it yeah mm-hmm. so I don't have much more to say about H2O. No, I think I'm pretty much – I think I said everything I need to say about it. Like I like, you know, I just – man, I I wish there was a little more, you know, kind of kill action in this. It's still supposed to be like a slasher film. Um, I think it's but, fitting with the rest of the series though. Yeah. I don't know, this one's really noticeable. Like just – I think it's also because there's like – there's seven total kills in this film – Three of them are off screen, and one of them is actually Mikey. So, <laughs> also, you know, it's, it's like, the we have a low character count here, right? I mean, there's LL Cool J, the the teacher, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, and then the four kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. So, but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, that's pretty much all I got on that one. Ratings, people's, yeah. I'll go first, I guess. Uh, so H2O to me, I feel like is a good follow up after six. I think that it connects the first two films. If we're going to go with that trilogy, which I wish that they would have connected parts, you know, four, yeah. five, and six into it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it works fine. I think that they took Jamie Lee Car- Curtis's character into the best version that she could have went. Uh, I, 
got major issues with the CGI mask. I got major issues with the eye holes because he, those eyes are not the devil's eyes. Those are like regular <laughs> guy's eyes, um, you know, which really bugs me. And then there's a few just like issues I have with like – like when the van hits Michael Myers, it looks kind of shitty and stuff. Uh, there's a few different issues I have with this film. I Actually, do, you're right. You're right about that part. Yeah, I do not <laughs> It's pretty like, laughable. I do not like that you can't get that Halloween feel because I feel like you could have still done this film and had that in place. And I do agree 100% with moods on that. But it doesn't mm-hmm. overall like kill the film for me. This is a 7.5 out of 10. Wow. So am I next? Yep, go ahead. So um, like I said earlier on, this is probably my fifth favorite Halloween film. Uh, this is only my second time watching it. Like I said in the last show, I've only watched all these sequels twice, the last time being uh, like a year and a half ago. So um, maybe my appreciation for the film will uh, will grow as time goes on, and then maybe I watch it a few more times. Or maybe it will do the total opposite and it will go down. But um, it's just your average Halloween film that doesn't feel like a Halloween film, but it is. So um, – I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Well, um, yeah, for me, it's like I said before at the top of this review is that uh, H2O to me seems to get worse and worse every time I watch it. I don't know if it's just it's not aging well or what it is, but I mean, not, I shouldn't use the word worse because that sounds bad. I do enjoy this movie. Um, I just, you know, what I said to you before, like, I do have certain, like, little issues with this one and stuff, but. Yeah, it seems like things you know, bug you about it, and the more you probably watch it, the more they probably can bug you. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's not completely fair, because there is some, a lot of fun moments in this film. Like, I really do enjoy Easter eggs. I'm kind of cheesy like that. So, like, all the Janet Lee stuff, with the, all the Psycho and all the Scream stuff, and, you know, it, it's entertaining, but, you know, I, I don't think it, like, makes the film better. I, you know, it's more for just entertainment, but, um, you know, overall I still enjoy it and, you know, my rating is probably not going to be that liked, but I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Hmm. Yeah. I think you guys are coming in a little low on this one, but I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you thought I was going to come in a little higher because of how much I was defending it. But I think it was more playing devil's advocate actually that like, I, I, I do admit this film has flaws, but I, I just do like what they did between the the main point of the film, which is Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. It's the whole mm-hmm. point, and I think it's all right. They did a good job. All right, so moving along to probably my favorite sequel in the entire Halloween series. Uh, Halloween 8 are also known as Resurrection. Tomorrow night enter the childhood home of our most brutal mass murderer. The home has been rigged up with several cameras, but for the most part, the audience will see only what you see. Are you sure they're not just putting us in some house with hidden cameras in the shower? This is gonna be fun. The windows will be boarded up and all the doors will be locked shut behind them. No one will be allowed to leave until the show is over. Let the danger-tainment begin! You think this is the one that he used to, you know, do his thing? One flash and you could light up a thousand computer screens. You are like this close to getting voted off the island. Wait, what just happened? We just lost Bill's camera. 
There's somebody in the hall. Sooner or later. What took you so long? Um, anyone want to give some? I couldn't even. I, <laughs> All right, I, I could I do this I, one. I couldn't even get it out without laughing. Come on. All right. You want me to do a JP? If it's too painful? Go ahead. All right. So, Halloween Resurrection from the year 2002. Three years after the offense of the previous film, Lori Strode has been sent to a psychiatric hospital after it is revealed that she beheaded a paramedic instead of her brother Michael. The paramedic had located the body of Myers in the diner hall of Lori's school. After the paramedic tried to grab his mask, Myers attacked the paramedic and crushed his larynx so he wouldn't cry out and forcibly switched clothing and his mask. Lori drives the coroner fan out of the school. Myers in the paramedic clothes walks out of the Hillcrest Academy school grounds and slips off into the woods, going into hiding for the next three years. Okay, oh, so I, I, I think so much trouble going getting through that, as you guys could probably hear. I think oh. we got to start with Crush Larynx, Really? Yeah, like he couldn't take off his fucking mask that. and say it's me. Um, what a fucking idiot. That was the uh, – but all right. First of all, we have to give them a little bit of credit though because if you are going to make a sequel and you want to follow continuity, you got to think of something, right? I mean obviously it's completely like phoned it or, or like crowbarred in uh, and it does not make sense. But you have to give them credit for attempting to make it fit, which honestly it's it's really – like a stretch but what the hell are you gonna do besides that i mean yeah that's a good point it is a good point but it doesn't <laughs> Man, make resurrect- it good Res- resurrection just like totally it just totally well quite literally kills laurie strode's character yeah you know like just the way they the way they take her out like in the beginning of the film is just like <laughs> like i said when, like when we were talking about jamie lloyd man it's like you kill mm-hmm. this character that you gain this connection with right off the bat. I just, wouldn't have had an issue with it if she would have – if it would have happened in H2O, right? Like because if, if she would have been the, the one who dies in H2O, I would have been fine with that. But doing it this way, you can tell they wanted her in the film, but she didn't want to continue to be in the film. So you can really just sense that it was like – part of the contract like kill me off and i'll come back and do another one right like you can feel that the way that it was done it's Mm -hmm. like you have to get it out of the way yeah because she's killed off what like in the first like 10 minutes not even not even so which i'll honestly say is the best 10 minutes of the movie you know it's funny because i literally said the same thing too like the first like 10 15 minutes of the film actually kind of feels like a legitimate halloween film it's not bad. It's got some pretty good atmosphere. It feels like that, you know, what you would expect from a Halloween film. Yeah, and, until Buster Rhyme shows up. And, well, that's <laughs> yeah. after the first 10 minutes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the first 10 minutes are actually – it's actually pretty good. Best scene know? in the film is when the guy in the, you know, room is chanting off like serial killers and gets to Michael Myers and Myers hands him the knife. That's the best scene in the whole film. That's pretty sad. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> pretty, Do you guys like that scene? That's awesome, man. That's totally awesome. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, it, it's funny because like the movie almost feels like two different ones. The first 10, 15 minutes feels pretty awesome. And then it just changes tones instantly. You know, it just gets daytime pretty much. And then the story of resurrection happens and it's just an abomination. Worst characters in the series. Oh God. Everybody in this movie is so fucking bad. It's just like the dude from American pie. (laughs) Oh, he's such a fucking pussy. Tara Banks, man. Tara Banks. Tara Banks, Buster Rhymes, like the dudes that are like, you know, they're on the computer at the party and stuff, like all those little fucking idiots. Oh my god, those guys are so terrible. Dude, you know what sucks, dude? Because I like Buster Rhymes, and this movie makes me just, ugh. Like, I know. Why? Why Buster Rhymes? I I don't get it. Postmaster P. (laughs) Postmaster P. Your best friend. So, we have this, uh, 2002 technology of live streaming uh the the Myers house like oh my god dude that shit is so damn gimmicky like it it's not even gimmicky as, it's just like not, gimmicky as it just possible. like feels it just feels like it, the era it just feels like so, 2002 it's so gimmicky but even in the film they're even kind of kind of you know poking jabs at it too you know it's just the whole idea or is fucking are they poking jabs at it they are because, like, you know, Buster Rhymes is like, you know, because the people that aren't, I mean, say you the, say Buster the people Rhymes, that, I laugh. the people that go into this house at first, they don't even know that it's going to be like all set up and stuff. And then Buster Rhymes admits in the film, like his character admits that everything was placed in this house. And none of the stuff was actually, you know, the Myers shit, yeah. you know, from the house and stuff. So I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is retarded. Yeah, but that's just how most reality <laughs> shows work. So I don't think that they were. They were just following the formula. Yeah, but it was just stupid. <laughs> oh, I, it was done so poorly. It, it's just the fact that like they're trying to pull it off and be all serious. Like these people are going into the Myers house. It's been untouched for fucking twenty years or whatever, and all of a sudden it's like, no, nah, no, nah, I put that there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's fucking. It's so fucking dumb. It's oh, so dumb. It's also dumb that like this kid. Jesus Christ, dude! The cha- the end chase scene in this film is so awful. With the kid texting the girl because he's watching her, and like that oh. is that's like that is a big part of the film. Is like that's her love interest. My God, it might be one of the worst like relationship like building uh, development ever in a film. Oh. Well, like at the <laughs> end when she's like, "Thank you, Barker," or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> Like on the uh, camera, like when she's getting interviewed or whatever, one of the worst lines ever. <laughs> Fuck, I, I think everything about this movie is just horrible. Like, is there honestly anything good about this movie? If you watch it in a so bad it's good way, there are some moments. But it, no, I it's don't, painful I don't, I, I, to I, do though because it's like this is Myers. I don't want to watch it in a so bad it's good way. Dude, you know what scene I fucking is, is like torture to watch? When is Mike, the scene where okay. when uh, when Mike Myers or when Buster Rhymes dressed up as Mike Myers? Yeah, that's like the scene I Mike. knew you was gonna say because dude, he's that like, scene is fucking. Well, I I was getting mad, dude. This movie's so bad, it's actually bad. Like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude. it's frustrating. I, hate, I actually hate this movie. It's like, actually it's like a, a frustrating watch, right? Because you're seeing yeah. them like like ruin your. 
like beloved icon. And let's take that scene and kind of dissect it a bit. He he, Buster Rhymes is dressed up as Mike Myers. Meanwhile, Mike Myers is dressed up as Mike Myers, but Buster Rhymes thinks that it's somebody else who is a worker of his, and he's yelling at him because he he being Buster Rhymes wants to play Mike Myers. So yeah. he's going to ruin the scene. What you're doing there is completely taking all the the fear and and power away from your villain. You're literally neutering your villain right there by making a joke of it. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest no-no in like what like what the fuck are you doing? Why Dude, would you do that movie- to Michael Myers? I understand with Freddy because he's funny. Like he started getting jokey, right? So you're mm-hmm. not necessarily completely neutering him when you have him riding a broom because he's fucking batshit crazy anyway. Like he's he's comedic like his character is. Michael Myers is not he is a, yeah. you know, not saying that, you know, Freddy Six is good, like, if they did that, but I'm just saying it's different. When you have Michael Myers, who is, like, you know, this this all evil, all devil's eyes guy, like, you can't have, you cannot have him being the butt of a joke. Yeah. Well, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> oh, Buster man, Rhymes. I, I, I'm, like, I'm, like, really, really trying to find things about this movie that are, you know redeemable there's not much dude there's there is nothing the first 10 minutes i mean besides the first 10 minutes right you know you you take the first 10 minutes out of this and it's just like the worst one of the worst movies is it's fucking horrible it's like like on the hellraiser sequels you know it's like i wouldn't get that far really the fuck green lit the script though how did they think this was a good idea like it's just the main money Um, it's so bad the thing that i don't understand is that rick rosenthal directed this film who directed the sequel halloween 2 we got um sean hood wrote it and he wrote other masterpieces like cube 2 hyper cube (laughs) oh man (laughs) oh my god really Uh, cursed the crow wicked prayer oh these are like the worst films conan the barbarian that came out in 2011 and hercules the new hercules movie wow yeah Man, what, what masterpieces? He wrote Cube 2. No wonder why the movie's fucking shit. But, you know, Rick Rosenthal, he had, like, nothing to work with in this movie. Like, the script is fucking horrible. Like, you can tell. Don't like, go he, defending he, Rick Rosenthal because he didn't do a fantastic job directing to begin with. Well, I mean, like the like I said, it almost feels like two different movies. The opening ten mi- first ten minutes feels like, you know, like a good film, you know? And then... <sighs> Then he had to work with the rest of the script. Yeah, <laughs> but man, terrible. like the Dude, whole found footage movie. angle thing, right? I mean, because it's oh. kind of like that. This is the closest we've seen to one of our icons, our top three technology. icons. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. The technology that they try to use in this is just so fucking stupid. Yeah, because it's uh, even at the time where you couldn't really do this. So it's even more annoying, right? Like the, yeah. like you couldn't really like sh- like stream with like these cameras, like wireless cameras on people's heads. Like you couldn't do that back then with 2002 internet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it's not. even more annoying. Now I want to pose this question to you guys. Do you ever see them making another sequel based off this taking place right after this? Hell no. Hell no. Do you think they're just going to follow the Rob Zombie They're either going to do that or they're going to reboot it or they're going to kind of just like do a, um, you know, just a a separate story type joint. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I know. I, I just thought it'd be funny to see like another sequel that 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 takes place right after he gets his ass kicked by Buster Rhymes. This Ryan. is the most <laughs> generic, like cash-in type of film i think in any of the big four franchises this one is the most like that where it's just you know how people always complain that these are just cash-ins these sequels they're like there's nothing to them like this is the 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 fucking definition of that this film right here there is it is so paper thin plot wise and it's so standard from beginning to end the ending is so damn standard the 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 characters standard, the kills standard, the 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 storyline gimmick standard. It I don't know if nothing. it's sta- I don't know if it's standard to have your main character get killed by getting his ass kicked by a rapper. That doesn't <laughs> sound very standard to me. That just sounds like fucking embarrassing to the this killer that you've looked up to, which I know is funny. Yeah, I'm saying well, that, I'm but. saying like the the like the. You can, you know what I meant. <laughs> I know I'm just playing, pulling your balls. Uh, yeah, but no, that that is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Is like that that's the end of Michael Myers right there. Yeah, get, get his ass kicked by Buster. How Rhymes, can you, you know? literally write that down and not be like, and, then... and not look at it and be like, well, that's just not I, good enough. I know, like how how can you try and be serious about that? It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's why he didn't die. <laughs> Another thing that bugged me about this is that. Mike Myers, no burns on his hands. Yeah. Well, why would there be burns on his hands? From Halloween 2? Because he explodes in Halloween 2. Was there... Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Come on, on, JP. If Dr. Loomis has burns, I would hope fucking Michael Myers would have burns. Did they have burns in H2O? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I was, like, looking at his hands going... I didn't notice that. You fucking kidding me? Stupid <laughs> fucking ugh, this movie is. Yeah, I don't that, even know what to say. That's just a it. continuity type thing, but you know damn well they're not going to worry about the burns when they have like nothing. Like they can't even no. like make anything right. <laughs> they were too busy choreographing Buster Rhymes' fucking awesome scene where he's kicking shit out of. Yeah, that was <laughs> that would be a complaint in like a good one. It's like, well, they did a lot of good things, but like they didn't get the burns right. Like, there's no way in hell they was getting the burns right in this shit. <laughs> No, totally. <laughs> yeah, oh, fucking what a right, dumb. Is movie. everybody ready to give it a one? No, it's actually on? a dumb movie. Like it is a dumb movie. Oh, so um, bad. I don't like it. It 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 is hard for me to like like the redeeming quality in this film is Michael Myers. Like that's like you're still seeing Michael Myers like kill people, which always is cool to me. Like I like seeing Michael Myers. It's a it's, it's too bad the too... kills are complete shit in this yeah. movie, though. Yeah, but this is like also the movie where we see like the like boobs for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, true that. Yeah. Wow, these characters were douchey, dude. Just like terrible <laughs> characters, just not good at all. Final Destination for bad. Keep oh, on bringing yeah. Final Destination up, man. Yeah, the, <laughs> this one, um, you know, I, I. I don't know what uh, like I'm curious to see where you guys rate it. Uh, do you guys like? Is there anything else like you want to say about it? No, I don't really know what else to say. It's just it's fucking bad. Yeah, it's really bad. It's bloody homecoming bad. Um. Well, if we're gonna get into ratings, uh, I'll go first. Um. 
Now, my rating is basically based on the first 10 minutes of the film. Yep. Uh, because I think the other 80 minutes are complete shit. It's just, I, I fucking can't stand this movie. It's just so bad. It's so bad. It just really has nothing there for me. I, it just, you know, like, like you said, the redeemable quality is seeing Michael Myers on the, on the screen again. But, you know, with that said, he's just, it's just so gimmicky and, and shitty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I just, I can't pull anything out of it. I just, ugh, it's so bad. Um, and it really does lack good kills and stuff like that. Like, you know, there's a lot of potential idiot fucking characters in this. You think that you just want to fuck right up, man, if you're doing this film. But and it's really all takes place in this house and shit too, which is like really annoying. Yeah, like a one setting place. Uh, it, but it's not done in a in a good way. It almost brings out the bad in it because it feels like more plot hole heavy because like that like it's a small house and stuff, and there's all these characters in different rooms. But how's Michael Myers like like wandering around and not being seen? And the cameras and it's like it's like it's like jokey too, like where Myers is like kills the one guy while Tyra Banks is like making coffee and then she looks back and she's like good angle like it, it's like you like you're taking it you're like not playing it serious at this point oh my god that's so bad <laughs> which is the first but, time we've done that in a Myers film right I mean it's all like like even like Friday the 13th obviously Elm Street but like Friday the 13th got jokey in certain oh yeah certain parts of the film fucking Jason like, hits that guy's head off like well, that's way later, but I'm saying like even part five with yeah. uh, you know the 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 ethyl and stuff like and, yeah, and junior yeah. and those two like gre- like greaser like guys who's like you know like it, it had like comedy in it, but like we we've never really seen that in the the Halloween films, so yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, so Halloween Resurrection, um, I'm gonna give it a solid two out of ten. Yep. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Jeremy. Um, I actually also have it written down as a two out of ten. Bloody homecoming bad. Yeah. See, <laughs> this is um, beneath the Mississippi bad, JP. Fuck no, dude. Like, like no production production value's got to be a little higher yeah, on yeah. this film than that one. Um, no. So to me, you can't like you can't discredit the fact that it like is a film. Like it it actually like has lighting and, and things like that. So automatically that gets points. Like I can't go too late. Like beneath the Mississippi actually has technical problems with audio and stuff like that. You know, the, this film is a film. It's watchable. It's painful, but it's watchable. Also, I like Michael Myers. Obviously I like seeing him. The opening I thought was pretty good. Uh, I give it a three and a half out of 10, which is super damn low. Like that is a low rating. Like you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel when you get there for me because you're when you get below that, there's actually like 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 problems. Yeah, like like with uh you know maybe like the like audio dropping and like you know like like bad lighting that that actually affects your ability to watch it. Like it's it doesn't have any lighting or something. You know stuff like that. When you get into those points, when you get under like three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do you so, guys think so. that this is the worst film in the big four out of all the films in the big four? Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think I think it is. It's even worse than Jason X, which I know I'm going to get shit for saying that, but <laughs> worse than the Elm Street <laughs> remake. Ooh, 
<clears throat> Ooh, that's a hard one. It's I can, definitely, I can definitely worse, probably worse than the Elm Street remake. No, it definitely is worse. Yeah. I, I, I fucking hate those. Because the problem with the Elm Street remake is the reason people are so hard on it is because they have the the oh, original rather. film. If the original film didn't exist, if the original franchise didn't exist, it would still be like a bad movie. It just wouldn't be like as bad, right? Mm-hmm. But this is just awful. Resurrection. <laughs> what a stupid Everything about title! It. Yeah, they didn't even they didn't go follow the Pink Panther route anymore, like they did in the four, five, and six. Yeah. Inside every one of us, there exists a dark side. Most people rise above it, but some are consumed by it. Michael? Until there is nothing left. But pure evil. Behind these eyes, one finds... Only darkness. These are the eyes of a psychopath. This August, Rob Zombie unleashes an extreme vision of terror and reinvents a legend. Alrighty, so that moves us on to the Rob Zombie Halloween remake from 2007? Yep. 2000. Man, I can't believe it's already been seven years since that movie came out. That's crazy. <laughs> I've seen that crazy, in theaters. Actually. It's crazy. Yep, me also. Yeah. So yeah, um, Halloween remake is pretty much exactly it what... Uh, <laughs> it's the exact same plot as the original Halloween, except for... The interesting thing about this one is that Rob Zombie explores the you know, childhood. Gives, it gives you the childhood or the backstory. Of, yeah, it expands you know, on the early years. Yeah, of uh, Michael Myers himself, which, you know, I, I mean, you talk to people, and this is probably one of the most discussed and probably split films I've ever come across. I love you know, this movie. There's people that really do not like this movie, and there's other people that love this movie, and they just have you know maybe they and then there's other people that kind of like it but they they're just like why is there so much you know michael myers backstory and stuff like that i personally love the first hour of this film i love the whole backstory and the you know the look into michael myers family and you know him and loomis in the in the sanitarium and like all that type of stuff i I really enjoyed i think it's cool man well yeah that's actually one of my only criticisms of this film is that the beginning part when it's Rob Zombie's film, shines so much. And when he starts making John Carpenter's film in the second half of the film, that's when it declines a bit because he's then uh, taking somebody else's work. It's the, it's very similar, right? The second half yeah. of the film is very similar to John Carpenter's film. And I feel like when he's no longer doing Rob Zombie's film, 
it kind of slips a bit. It's still very watchable and very entertaining and good even, but it's just not yeah. as powerful as when mm-hmm. he was purely making a Rob Zombie film in the first I section. Think, I think that's also because of that's the re that like that's the legitimate remake part of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I th- I think is that like you take that and you you kind of you can't help but compare it to John Carpenter's original film and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't exactly match up, but I do understand 100% where you're coming from. I think that the first half of this film is really strong, the backstory. And, and I understand where people are coming from, too, when they, when they, you know, they watch this movie as a whole and they're like, you know, it's not needed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Like, in the original Halloween film, you didn't need a backstory. It didn't matter at all. And that's what was kind of scary about the film. But this is different. Well, we're, let me we're ask trying to explore, you we're, we're trying to explore this Michael Myers character and kind of give you some insights of what it was like as a kid and stuff. I think it really works. All right. Let's look at this for a second. All right. We left off in Resurrection. All right. And then you make another film, another Halloween film. Do you really continue the storyline in Resurrection? Because that's what people say. Like it should have never been remade. Mm-hmm. Or do you remake it? And I, I think the only I think this is a better choice. Is this is the better choice? Oh yeah. Now let's go into it further. People say, well, the the backstory is stupid. I hate it. I don't want to know about it. Well, what the hell did you want? Did you just want the second half of the film spread yeah. out into a full feature length film? Or like, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really understand. Like, you have to do something different, right? You have to do something that wasn't yeah. done in the original to. Or else, what the hell's the point? That's why I love the film so much. I love the beginning, the first hour, like Mood said. I find it really enjoyable that we get to actually see, you know, Michael in this, in this, what makes him go this crazy. And something I really that, enjoyed that. that, like, the, 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 to me, it makes sense, right? I mean, people say, like, nobody talks like that. Nobody, um, you know, acts like that, like, well, maybe you should get out of your bubble and go out into some of the darker parts of the world because people like this do exist. And (laughs) I've personally seen them. So I I would think so with the stories that you tell me about that lady who (laughs) people go on the rope and fuck with her. I would Uh, hope so. Yeah. But I mean, like, like people really get annoyed at the vulgarity of, of the characters and the white trashiness. Right. But well, dude, like, like the opening scene with uh, um, the stepfather. Yeah. Shit, dude. His name is escaping me right now. Um, uh, Ronnie. 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 Uh, Ronnie. Uh, William Forsythe's character. <laughs> when he's fucking screaming at <laughs> at, at fucking uh, Sherry Moon. And he's like, he's like, bitch, I will skull fuck the shit out of you. <laughs> and he fucking screams that every time that kills me, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but the it's thing header. is. <laughs> yeah, it's just like total fucking trailer trash fucking yeah. white oh fuck i love that so rob so zombie funny. does that the best though he does yeah. but yeah. but see so you have the original film and we're gonna do do a little bit of comparing i guess why not you have the original film where one day we don't really know why michael myers does this apparently from the very briefness we get of his family they seem like a regular like white picket fence style family right yep. like uh he was being babysat uh, the sister seemed pretty normal. She was, you know, a teenage girl. And Michael seems like a pretty normal kid who just, like, stabbed his sister, right? To me, that makes less sense than what they well, do in this one. I think he stabbed her because she was, she was fucking a dude. And, like, he didn't know how to deal with <laughs> Why that. Why didn't he so stab he the her. dude? I don't know. He just let him go. Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, I think what it is is j- just there is no explanation. There's no explanation for why this kid one day stabs his sister and, you know, j- mur- you know, flips out yeah. like that. But to me, that actually makes less sense than this film where this child went through some terrible traumatic things in his family. He was treated terribly oh, yeah. by his stepfather. His sister was a whore. His mother was a stripper. Mm-hmm. Kids fucked with him at school because his mother was a stripper and because he had long hair and because he did this or did that. Like That totally makes sense to me because guess what? That's real. That happens. Look at yeah. those... Look at look at anybody who lashes out. Usually there's something wrong at home or there's something wrong here or they have the issue or that issue. So I actually like what they did because it feels realistic. It does feel realistic and you know as as a child like, you know, I mean at one time or another I'm sure somebody tried to bully you or you were actually bullied or whatever. But you know, you look at it from Michael's perspective like he comes from a pretty pretty broken Fuck home his, his father's dead his stepfather is a fucking complete <laughs> fucking drunk douchebag biggest douchebag so you know yeah. and, and 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 he can't escape any of this stuff right like he you know he goes to school and the kids are fucking pick on him and stuff every child probably thought about that once so you're just like i want to beat that guy's fucking brains in but yeah. you know mike of course does i find that <laughs> yeah. scene to be so powerful though oh he man the fucking yeah. shit it's out brutal. of that kid man. yeah man. It's, it's so brutal, brutal. And one of my favorite things about that scene is that he just so nonchalantly throws away the the, the stick. Yeah. You know, he just kind of throws it over and just walks away like nothing happened. I'm just like, holy fuck. And, and you know it's what brutal. makes that scene powerful to me is because, all right, the kid is a douchebag, right? I mean, he is a complete dick. Like, he's a foul-mouthed little He dick, deserved right? it. No, but – and normally you would feel that way, right? As he was getting killed, you'd be like, oh, well, he was a dick. He deserved it. But even though as much of a dick as he was, I find that scene to be like powerful because the fact that you still feel for the kid, right? Well, it and, says he was sorry. Yeah, like that's why it's sad. Even though he was such a dick and stuff, he didn't deserve all that, right? So yeah. so to me, that if you can take a character who you should want to die and make make you feel sympathy for him – then that's powerful. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I I really like the elevation, you know, with, uh, you know, with the, um, the Loomis character and Michael and stuff and just, you know, the mass building. Like the, everything just kind of goes together so well, mm-hmm. you know, like everything just kind of flows perfect up until. It does. You know, it, and yeah. I think that um, – it makes sense, right? I mean, one, you take this like kid who just who had it up to here with the way his his life is, and and he snaps and and kills people. So he gets sent to the mental hospital, which arguably could have done more damage to him than he would have happened if he just was you know continued to be placed in like a foster home or something. Because he, the the idea of him being trapped in the walls and the you know not seeing his mother who. That relationship is interesting because it's it's truly the only person who who actually cares loves him right yeah and um it it it's kind of we've seen this before with like Norman Bates and a lot of serial killers that have mommy issues so I think well, that makes sense that's sense. the main thing that we learned in my women in horror class spent yeah. like two whole weeks talking about mommy issues um but 
so you just see him kind of get worse and worse as as time goes on because he's away from his mother and eventually she stops coming period because she's no longer alive yeah um and you can see loomis just being completely um invested in trying to figure this this young boy out and it doesn't do him very much good after so many years also um I really, really like all of this that's going on in in the opening of this film. And I felt mm-hmm. so bad when he killed Danny Trejo. Yeah, <laughs> he was so it, cool to him, and he's like, "Fuck you." Well, I think that's what I think. It's good for the character of Michael Myers, though, right? It is yeah. because it just it just shows that he just does not have a soul. Yeah, you know? this guy has been looking after him for fifteen years, and he just kills him like no fucking tomorrow. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. Young Michael Myers might have spared Danny Trejo like he would would have spared the baby, right? Mm-hmm. In the original in the original like the opening like he spared the baby. Uh he might have spared Danny Trejo, but as he uh becomes more soulless and uh you know that part of him left long ago type Michael Myers, uh he has no more uh connection to like morals or anything once he becomes tyler main and shit yeah who's a big ass mm-hmm. motherfucker i've what? met that guy now i also hear people say that they don't like that they chose such a big person to play like when i met him and like i stood next to him like i was up to like his middle of his body he's fucking huge <laughs> how do you guys feel about that i have absolutely no problem with it i think it's just he, he does kinda... an all right job He's just kind of adds to the character, man. He's just yeah. fucking just a monster. Big and, yeah, just literally a monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I I actually have no beef whatsoever. I mean, I think Michael Myers works as as just a average everyday guy, like in the first film, and I think he is intimidating and works as like this hulking giant in the remake. I, I think that both can work, and I like them both about the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the music cues in this film too. There's a, you know, the scene where Michael's just finished uh, trick or treating and he's sitting out on the front step there and he's eating candy and whatnot just before he's about to go and mm-hmm. kill his family. But the music uh, cue with uh, Love Hurts comes in there. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it basically says everything, right? Like he's yeah. really just suffering. Like he's, he, his mom's gone. He just feels like he has nobody and stuff. I think that's a, just a perfect song to have playing. So. And but I love the, I love the scene though too when like he goes inside, and he's kind of like super bummed out and he's kind of eating candy and stuff and then he just gets up from the table. Goes yeah, he's and grabs like flicking his candy corn and stuff like, and it just that <laughs> little thing like kind of um, makes characters feel like real. normal, like yeah. real, yeah, and yeah, like because he's just sitting there bored, which is exactly what I might be doing. I might bite a piece of candy corn and then flick it like as a kid, like. Mm-hmm. It, it, I love that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so then he just gets up, goes to the the drawer, grabs some duct tape and a knife, and then goes to town on Ronnie. Fucks Ronnie up. <laughs> like, when he it, slits man. his throat, I was like, "That's fucking awesome!" Like the blood just like yeah. squirts out like everywhere. It's so awesome because yeah. it's like that asshole deserves it. He's like the dad in Halloween Six. It's like he fucking deserves to die. I think the dad in Halloween Six is actually worse. Yeah. yeah, because this guy 
is looks like a douchebag, sounds like a douchebag, but that dad is like a regular, like normal member of society, which makes it like way worse, right? Mm-hmm. Like this yeah, guy yeah. is like from the gutter. Like you expect him to be a, a trash bag, but you know, the upstanding businessman, come on. <laughs> uh, and the fucking, the kills, <laughs> when he kills his sister's boyfriend, yeah. it's so brutal. <laughs> Every kill in this movie is brutal. Yeah, yeah like I've noticed that when I was watching that. it. It's like this totally screams Rob Zombie how brutal it is. Oh, I know. Which, in my opinion, kills should always be brutal because it is a brutal act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I like I think, I think people sometimes have a, have a problem with that where where like they're almost like they it's no longer fun for them. Like I think certain people have this this dilemma where they they want everything to be spooky but not too spooky or like you know brute like scary but not too scary or you know hardcore but not too hardcore and I think that's what a lot of people uh, have problems with this film is people who are not quite sure what they like to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good point, man. Because I mean, with this type of you know subject matter that we're dealing with here, like these kills should be like that exactly you know, is, is vichy i think it's portrayed perfectly and i think rob uh, rob zombie pulled no punches in this film he did exactly what the character probably would do, would do yeah. right and he put it on screen and you know if you do, if you like it or not you know that's for you to decide but i think it works perfectly like it's the viciousness of what he's doing needs to be portrayed on the screen and that fucking baseball bat kill, dude. He he fucking hits him like twenty more mm-hmm. times. Yep. Like it's just brutal. Man. And the way he cuts it, it's like he cuts it right after, like right when he's about to hit him. So it's yeah. just like it's that that much more relentless. Yeah, it's and fucking awesome. <laughs> I I really thought the kid who played Michael Myers did did a fantastic job. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, what what like what's the story with? you know, the beginning of Halloween two and not having that kid back. Well, he just just got huge. I think he just got so different, like in size. Oh, that, yeah, I guess it is. Cause it it was right around like puberty. Right. I mean, like he just completely morphed. Yeah. I guess you kind of have to have the same person, right. Considering it's, you know, you can't have them age. So, well, actually you can, right. I mean, not when well, his not, mother was still coming around, I guess. So, exactly. yeah. Well, yeah, because when his yeah. mom was there, he needed to be looking like he was still that young kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so w- there's there's one other huge problem I have with with this film, and it's the I guess it's depends what version you watch, right? Um, and it, it's the rape scene. Yeah, I was gonna bring yeah, this up, which which is in the unrated version. Yep. Yeah, it's in the unrated version. Sometimes I feel like Rob Zombie has these it didn't need to conflicts be where he almost I think he feels like people expect him to do certain things like to go like you know really hard for and extreme levels and I think sometimes it kind of uh, like confuses him and he makes choices that maybe he's doing based on how he he feels people expect him to do things you yeah, know it didn't it, need to be there like I, I 100% agree, but it, it doesn't. It feel like he just put it in specifically to be Rob Zombie, like hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess so. But uh, you know, like the original cut. Obviously, I watched theatrical in the theater, right? And it wasn't there. No, it's not there. So you know, my very first impression was, you know, the film without that in there. 
So watching like the unrated, I didn't really surprise me because it was an unrated cut. Like there's going to be other shit in there. So, but I do 100% agree. Like if you have this unrated cut or whatever, it doesn't necessarily need to be there at all. No, but maybe that's why he did it. Maybe you just you know putting some other fucked up shit in there. But yeah, it completely does not need to be in the film. Yeah, it just doesn't so. even. It doesn't add anything. No. You know, it's just like, okay. No, it, it's not even that it doesn't add anything. It actually, like, is a distraction. Like, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like these two – first of all, we're following two characters who, like, we barely met, right? The 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 guy – the like, the, that character is, like, kind of pointless. Like, Danny Trejo was the – the guy who was watching yeah. Mike, Michael Myers all, all these years, like, like this guy comes in and it, it just feels like really forced. Uh, oh man, I don't know. It, that really bugs me about this film. And that, that's why I prefer the theatrical cut. Cause it actually takes me out of the film. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't overly bother me too, too much, but yeah, like I said, I agree. It doesn't necessarily need to be there. So, but it, it doesn't really affect me too much. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't bug me over, oh, like a whole lot. So, um, yeah. Anything else to say about the first hour of the film? I mean, oh, yeah, like, I like <laughs> Loomis, man. Like, yeah, it's I not, really like. Not his typical Loomis. No. Well, something I, I totally want to add character. to the uh, like no, no, no. Dallas. He he is a different. He's good, character. but he's a totally different character. He, I, yeah. I think you couldn't have said it more truer. He's good. He's just different. And but he's not as good as, you know, oh. that that character. I I much prefer the character from the original series, oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. in this world of Halloween, he does a fine job and yeah. the the character's, you know, fine. But something I want to add about the mother-son relationship is I think it, you know, obviously Mikey has all these like problems, right? But like we said, his mother is like his one person who cares about him. But I think that she even still has major problems, right? And that's kind of what is preventing – it's kind of, you know, causing Michael Myers to be this way too because it's – he doesn't have his mom to to himself and she's making these poor decisions like staying with this asshole and, uh, you know, being – you know, like – abandoning her son when he need like obviously there's something wrong with him right but she isn't really doing a good job of of you know helping him through it so i thought that was interesting too that it wasn't just like she's a good person too uh even though she's stuck with him in the end of things she also abandons him once she commits suicide again so she's still a a, mm. a, a bad mother yeah yeah and I mean, they really like Rob Zombie, and this this is where he takes it into part two, and he really kind of explores that whole thing Ugh. with with Mike and you know the mother and stuff, and the whole white horse Ugh. thing. But that's where it's stemming from is the the original one and his relationship with his mother. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah, we'll get into part two. But, uh, the second half of the film, it, it's like two different films almost. Sometimes, you know, uh. yeah, it is, man. It, part two is weird. No, I'm saying like the second half of the first film. This oh, one. yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Completely. Yeah, so the first hour of the film um, basically kind of ends with uh, with Mike 15 years later breaking out of the sanitarium and going home. Um, and it does. It completely changes. It, it yeah. feels like it's a, it's a second film. And uh, 
you know, I got I got to admit though, like you know how you said the second half of the film kind of brings it down for you a little bit. Yeah, I really enjoy the second half of the film, and some of the some of the shots that Mike uh, that Rob Zombie does in the film too are really good, really really good. I fucking love the scene where the uh, the girl and the guy that pull up in that van to the old Myers house there. You know when they're walking through the front door, Myers is standing up on the roof there. Yeah, on that yeah. overhang. But that shot is fucking awesome. Yeah, I just I absolutely love that shot, man. It's great. Well, then, we also see, we also see him get his jumpsuit with a nice little Ken Forey cameo. Yeah, and that brings me to a point, man. This movie has like, wow, so many cameos in this film. Like, yeah, that's what hey, we're talking about. The people that are in mm, this sounds film, like a Rob Zombie film. <laughs> but this one's excessive. It's crazy, man. Like Malcolm McDowell, obviously Brad Dorf. Um, you know, you got William Forsythe got a small little part in the film. Richard Lynch is in this film. He's the principal. You know, the guy with the fucked up face. Yeah. It's been like a, Udo Kier is in this film. Clint Howard, uh, Danny Trejo, Bill Mosley, fucking obviously Daniel Harris. Um, Dude, Danny Trejo did a fantastic yeah, job really of his good. character, man. Yeah. Like yeah. you can, re- I think also because. Um, Danny Trejo actually was in prison early in his life, right? Yeah. So when he's yeah. like, you know, don't, don't, you know, he's don't a badass let walls get you down. <laughs> like, I think he really like kind of was coming from like a, a heart. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course you got uh, uh, Lori's uh, Lori's mom or adopted mom, which is D. Wallace in the film, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And then the amazing, I love Ken Forey's part in this film man it's fucking awesome yeah <laughs> i got that double burrito talking back to me or whatever man don't you just love this guy don't you wish he was in more horror films yeah man like, totally man that's also awesome. freaking we have uh sheriff bracket right we already talked about that brad dwarf he already yeah. said that but brad i mean dwarf. i think brad dwarf in halloween one and two one of the most underrated horror performances ever yeah, he is good. Yeah, he's, he's good. good. He's really especially in Halloween too. He's really yeah, good. yeah. And then of course, it's probably the best part of the film. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know the nurse that Michael kills in the uh, um, in the beginning of Halloween one. Yeah, uh, is Sybil Danning. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting, and her name is Nurse Wynn. I've met her. Yeah, there's Isn't so that... many damn people in this film. Yeah, like her name is Nurse Wynn, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Sid Hag, of course, is in the film too. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Like it's just truly amazing how many people show up in this film. Like that are in tons and tons of horror films, mm-hmm. and it just it kind of brings me to my next point of you know Rob Zombie really being a fan of you know horror films, you know, and bringing in all these people and stuff. And it's just for people that have watched a lot of horror films like we have, you you know, for the average fan, they probably don't recognize some of the people that are in these films, but I mean, he assembled quite the fucking cast. Yeah. Give him mad props for that. It's mm-hmm. pretty damn cool. Weird so. Al, man. Halloween 2. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but something I wanted to say while we're on casting, I think that Scout Taylor Compton, say what you want about her personally, you know, in outside of the films, I think she is by far way superior to Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. I think she's amazing. Like, this is how, what I kind of pictured the character as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I I know this is not the most popular of opinions, but I do agree. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I think she she's really good in Halloween, character. too. She's it, really good in Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. She's good mm-hmm. in this one, too, but... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, she's a little different in Halloween too because she's you know obviously Emo. playing a different type of character because yeah. she's fucking messed yeah, up. But that. yeah, so but yeah, I do agree. Her performance is it's pretty good. It's definitely well done. Yeah, and even you know Daniel Harris as uh, Annie, uh, really awesome. Good job there. Yeah. Uh, man, I think the the three girls in general, like the three friends, uh, or are just. I don't. It's probably a disconnect with me uh, from the seventies, uh, but I find these these girls like really accurate to what I know of teenage girls. So mm-hmm. uh, that definitely helps me personally with this with uh you know the the casting and character choices. Uh, mm-hmm. So they feel right. Yeah. So getting into the second half of the film. Um, Shift to Halloween. What are your thoughts on it? No, I, I really like it. You know, I, I did say that it it declines, which it does. Um, but you can decline uh, a little bit, and if you're already at a, an amazing level, you're still going to be at a pretty awesome level, right? So just because yeah. it declines doesn't mean that it, it it goes into a bad territory. It's still really really good, uh, and you know. It's still pretty damn brutal. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. the ending, man! Oh, it's fucking, especially between Lori and Michael. Oh man, it is brutal, brutal, brutal. Mm-hmm. It's just less story at this time, right? So it, it's it's more about like stalk and kill, stalk and kill. Like when she uh, totally. when she like points the gun at Michael at the end. Oh, what mm, do you guys think bad. about the mask and the look of Michael Myers? I actually really like it because yeah. it makes sense that the mask looks the way it does. Because it, because it, just, it just fits Rob Zombie's style. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just it screams does. Rob Zombie. I actually I think it's this probably the best mask in the entire series. Hmm. You know, to be honest, like, I, yeah, I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. But it's fitting, too, because, you know, the fucking mask was sitting in this house for all these years and just collecting dust and getting old and rotten and stuff. And I think it just makes sense. That, like, if he pulled that thing out and it was, like, clear white like yeah. perfectly not dirty i would have been like what the fuck what is this like megan fox and transformers and it, it kind of like it kind of like relates back to the way michael myers has like lived through his entire life it's it's dirty and it's mm-hmm. it's it's broken mm-hmm. and it's old and nobody wants it it's thrown in this house that no one cares about so it's kind of you saying the mask symbolizes michael myers in this one, not in the other. Yeah, movies. I know it's kind of. A, I never really thought of it, but yeah, <laughs> only in this, only in this one, and the second one, not in the the other original yeah. series. But I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I actually, you know, the, it's probably not a popular opinion, but I, I actually do think this is the best mask, and I, I think it fits the best. I, I think even in like a lot of the. Uh, the films that like there's sometimes like you see a little too much neck or like you see the the bottom of the mask too much like i think it was worn properly throughout the entire film um definitely a really cool looking mask too mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree i love the mask in this film yeah you know like like you said about the ending though uh, uh well there's what what ending is it in the theater? What happens in the theatrical cut? Uh, he pulls. She like points the gun in Michael's face. She pulls the trigger, and then uh, just as the gun goes off, Michael grabs Laurie's wrist, and that's it. Oh really? Yeah. What happens in the unrated cut? 
I watched the theatrical cut, so. In the. Is that what happens in the. No, that's, feels like that's what happens in the unrated cut. That's what happens in the unrated. I haven't watched the theatrical cut in so long, actually. Isn't there a version mm-hmm. where he just gets shot up by the police? That's in that's H two. No, I mean like, <clears throat> like another. I think I think I think that might actually be the theatrical end. Hmm. I don't I think know. that is. I think that's what it is. I honestly, I haven't watched the theatrical cut since the yeah, theater. I just looked. Yeah. I have so, the unrated edition. I, we should have probably looked at that before we came uh did the show but yeah i i don't know i love the um ending it kind of reminds me or you know hatchet 2 kind of reminds me of of the ending to this film uh mm-hmm. and but i i like it you know just the scream and then the like the yeah. the you know cut Perhaps the black it. thing yeah. oh man like i i honestly think that this is Obviously, it's one of the best remakes ever made. Yeah. Uh, but this is actually like a fantastic film, and I've it's, never it's shot beautifully. Like once, we said earlier. I mean, yeah, it is the sound. The cinematography the music, is awesome in this it's, film. It's man. beautiful. The look. Beautiful. Oh man! And I've actually never heard this film, at least in my opinion, argued uh, uh, successfully to convince me that well, I can't see how people. St- say it's bad like yeah, i've never heard second, it argued this correctly. is my second favorite film in the franchise after the original like, like have you guys ever i mean the only thing i ever hear is rob zombie style sucks no they um, just don't understand it, they just don't understand like they hate the white trashiness and, and like i've actually literally heard people say this is the worst film they've ever seen like oh. I, I just don't understand it yeah i mean that doesn't make any sense it doesn't hold any merit like the worst film i've ever seen yeah. The fuck are these guys watching? Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, that makes no fucking sense to I me. Mean, I think honestly, like when the second half of the film starts with this, you know, the the stock and slash and stuff, I think Rob Zombie does a pretty good job, though. Like mm-hmm. honestly, some of the cinematography, some of the shots are really well executed. Yeah, um, I like the look of the of the Myers house too. It's just yeah. so old and just destroyed inside, and just you know, when Laurie's trying to get away just inside like the walls and stuff. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fucking it's shot well and it works. It's the, kind of terrifying. The, the I think that um I truly believe that the people that don't like this film like obviously I'm generalizing so there's obviously going to be like exceptions yeah, to yeah. this rule. But I really do think that that a lot of the people that don't like it are just like pissed off fanboys of the original and they mm-hmm. won't let it go and they won't Ha- they won't disconnect the films and they're just they're hurt that they they the film has been changed like that is the only thing i can think of why people don't like this film mm-hmm. yeah i think i mean that goes with that whole remake conversation you know people have a hard time with remakes mm-hmm. yeah they, they just don't want to accept that their favorite movie is being remade so they're going in with a bad attitude and they're well, just automatically going to hate it and that will be me with ne- child's play man but you know what? Like I've told these stories before. Like I mean, I met like I told the story a few times about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so fucking worried when I was going to the cinema to see it, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna hate this movie." And I just convinced myself, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Fuck it, just just clear your mind, go in and watch the movie and, and judge it on based on what it is." And I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah. And the same thing happened to me with Maniac because Maniac. Is what about really, Fright Night, man? Is it, oh my god, I hate Fright Night. But <laughs> that movie just sucks. But yeah, uh, it's an awesome movie. 
<laughs> but with Maniac, I mean, not only were they remaking my favorite slasher film of all time, it's like my third favorite movie of all time. And but when I found out like the cast for the film, <laughs> I was like, this can't be life. And I really was like kind of distraught and didn't want to give it an you know a, a fair chance. chance. Yeah. yeah. And then I started hearing some reviews, and I was like, I'm like, wow, like this is you know. It's like and it wasn't really sundown. And didn't yeah, you what, even expect to be more disappointed when you started hearing the good reviews? Because you're like, it, you're like, I'm definitely yeah. gonna be let down now because now I'm gonna totally. actually think it's good. Totally. And then you know, and then I fucking get this film, give it a shot, and I was like, holy fuck, yeah, it was actually a really good remake. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I still prefer the original well, film, but that's just me. And like, but I, I thought the remake was really enjoyable and everything kind of worked. And, and you it know, was this is my number one film last year. Yeah. And, oh you know, and, that, and that's <laughs> the thing. And that's the thing. It's like the whole point of the conversation is that people just need to let go yeah. and just kind of disconnect themselves from their from their yeah. favorite films for a little bit. And accept the remake and just take it for what it is. Saying that Halloween remake by Rob Zombie is a complete shit film and and fucking blah blah blah. I mean, if you want to say that it's it's pointless to remake, fine. Whatever. Well, I agree. I, I, Everything I, I to me, I I do agree that remakes are most of the time pointless. That's why every time when we do the news and I say this film's getting remade or this film's getting remade, we I instantly a, like kind of sigh and are like, ah, again, like another one. I, do, I think there's an exception to the rule, though. <clears throat> I think with films like Halloween and Maniac and stuff, remaking these movies is. It's, it is kind of pointless. I mean, I understand why they're remaking them to make money and stuff, but yeah. they don't need remakes because they're not From bad an artistic films. point of view, it's pointless. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's no need to remake these films. Like, there's tons of pointless remakes out there, but the argument that you can make with this, the whole remake thing, is if you're remaking a film that actually needs to be remade. Yeah. You know, like you know some, what I'm saying? Like, a movie that's, that's or like not that great. You know, like, I think the town that started uh, Dreaded Sundown is a pretty prime example. From what I've been hearing, the movie's pretty damn good. Yeah, I heard it's awesome. For myself, I don't mind the original film, but every time I watch it, I I like it a little less. I think think the tone of the film is a little off, and there's weird things going on. I don't dislike the original film, but I think that that remake is pretty valid. Like, uh, here's an example of a film. Take something like Deadly Blessing. They had a cool idea, right? Like, uh, this cult and stuff. And remake that and yeah. make it less more weird and stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. But so. also, I, I want to touch on that a little bit more about the whole re- remake thing. It, one, it's it, the reason people get bound out of shape about it is because it's very personal. You have this film that you grew up watching and you love it. It feels like it's yours. And when somebody takes something that's yours and does something with it... But it's not you my get, favorite. You get a little mad about it right i mean you you feel like that they're 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 betraying you or or they're they're betraying the original um and i'll admit like yeah sometimes i go in with this undisconnected feelings where i'm like i'm like man like why would they do this to the original and stuff but i over the years i've learned to completely kind of disconnect the original front like it will still come i'll still compare them and stuff afterwards but by no means do i feel like a remake can hurt the original film yeah yeah and you know if people truly watch them without these like preconceived opinions uh then i feel like people would enjoy them more 
And Rob, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween is is one of those films where I just wish people would give it a chance. Be a, give it a chance. Yeah. The people who don't like it, give it a chance and forget the feelings you have towards remakes and towards Rob Zombie. Because it's fucking and awesome. Now I know that I, I, there is going to be people who are never going to like it because they they for whatever reason they can't stand to look at the uh, like white trashiness of this film. But I think those might be similar people to the ones who want to pretend like those type of people don't really exist in the real world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically what it comes down to is just you got to disconnect yourself once in a while and just give these things chances. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's just kind of – it's really sad because – and it surprises me to some people too, you know. They got very similar tastes in films and stuff and they just like Rob Zombie's – film and i don't know if it has a lot to do with the film itself or it's the fact that they're just not rob zombie fans in general yeah you know so i think you need to get there's over a that lot of too. people like, who hate that style yeah exactly so they're just like ah fuck that you know this movie sucks so but you know it is what it is right i mean you can't everyone's not going to be pleased and the whole remake thing is very touchy yeah. with a lot of people yeah. so and you know, guaranteed i offended a few people who hate this film in this one i'm gonna offend a lot of people when i get my rating so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I apologize if I offended you. I didn't try to do that. I just think <clears throat> people uh, are not being fair to this film. Yeah, I mean, hearing things like, you know, it's fucking the worst movie ever made is, I mean, come on. I mean, I don't even know how those people saying that can take that serious. Yeah. It's yeah. not cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this, I think this movie, even for the length of the film, um, you know, well, the under unrated cut, which runs 121 minutes, um, still is very, I don't know how to, like, it's just, it's paced perfectly in my opinion. I, yeah. I find that this movie doesn't seem to get boring or doesn't drag at all, but maybe it's also due to the fact that the movie does feel like kind of two separate films. The, yeah. Um, that, that it blends helps. so well. It blends so well for a two hour film. It, yeah. it holds your attention the whole time and. You know, I think it just the overall product is, you know, Rob Zombie's vision. I think it's good. I think yeah. it's really good. Yeah. So the only thing they should have cut was the rape scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ratings, maybe you guys ready? Oh, I am definitely ready. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. I like I said, I fucking love this film. Um, I like I said, it's my second favorite behind the original film. I think Rob Zombie is a genius. I spoke. I have spoke before about my opinion towards House of a Thousand Corpse and how I think it's a modern-day masterpiece, so I'm not going to get into that. I'm not even going to say it again, but All right. it's not. All right, JP. That's why it's called an, that's why it's hey, called man. an opinion. People have masterpieces you know, on a personal level, man. Yeah, Come on, yeah. JP. Yeah, it's JP. still not. All right. I, I love that film. And oh, I'll, I'll, I'll hold by it. But um, the way Rob Zombie shot this film, like we talked about, is brilliant. Everything is brilliant about this film. I love it. I'm actually giving this one a 9 out of 10. Okay. Yep. Uh, you want me to go next? Go ahead, JP. Okay, so this film works on so many levels. Like, the, the beginning with the brutality of the kill. That one kill is, like, a perfect example of, like, a kill done right. The kill with the kid. You know, the, the dickhead kid. The Spy Kids kid. That was the kid from Spy Kids. Um, <laughs> which I find funny because yeah. he's like, he's like really like vulgar. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, like I said, there's only a few things wrong with this film. One, the rape scene, but that's not in the theatrical version of the film. And two, I feel like it declines a little bit in the second half of the film. I still think this film is near as perfect as it can be. Uh, there's just a few things wrong with it. It's a 9.5 Ooh, out of 10. damn. Is it going to make the Hall of Fame? Maybe it's on you. <laughs> no yeah, pressure. Crazy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. Um, like I said, I've always been a really big fan of this film. And in Rob Zombie in general, like I pretty much like all his stuff. Um, but uh, this one right here, I just love the fact that he didn't, you know, just basically do a generic take, make. Exactly. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, he did something. Definitely. He tried something and it, it worked. And I respect that 100%. I, I think honestly, one of the coolest things though, besides like cool. the first hour of the film is the good cinematography in the, in the second half. Like with some of the shots of Michael Myers, like, I yeah, think we kind of undervalued that, but yeah, it's like very strong. Yeah. It is very strong. There's a lot of really good shots, and I don't think he's getting enough credit for he that. He doesn't but. in any film. Because if we've talked about Lords of Salem in length, right? And, you know, Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand, like all of these films have incredible cinematography. Like he does mm-hmm. not get enough props for his, like, art, artistic vision. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, man, and fair, even Halloween 2 has good cinematography. Oh, yeah. You know, even though the film itself. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> But like with that said, he he does really put a lot of effort into visual, and yeah. I really like that, you know. And he creates really good like some of the atmosphere in the second half of the film is fucking awesome, really well done. Um, I do agree that the rape scene does not need to be there, but you did but stress it's not that in it's theatrical. It's not in the theatrical, which yeah, which is cool and stuff. Um, this is actually one of my favorite remakes of all time. And it, it, I never get sick of this movie. Eve. It's two hours. and it I've just, seen it like, like four times it. already. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. I don't even know how many times. I think this is the third or fourth time this year I've watched it, actually. Damn. I've seen this um, film close to probably 15 times. Yeah. And uh, I can't really say anything bad about it. Um, I just – there's so many things I love about it. I, like I said, one of my favorite scenes in this film is when, when Mikey's sitting at the table – bored and just gets up from eating his candy corn and then d- and goes and does this carnage. I fucking love the way Rob Zombie executed. That's perfect. Um, I'm also going to give this one a nine and a half out of 10. Hmm. So what, what's that score that I think that still misses the, yeah, whole thing, misses right? it by Wait, no. a point and a half. A no, that's in that's 28, 28. 28. Isn't that the hall of fame, right? Yeah. So it makes it, does yep all of fame <clears throat> candidate number three i believe for entry four uh, four, four. uh the battery sacrament oh no sacrament didn't make it right no. it was a half point short oh yeah number three yep. wow so that is i'm i'm surprised you gave it a 9.5 moods but i love it because it deserves it this yeah, is definitely awesome. A nine and a half film. There's literally a few things that keep it from a ten. Very minor things. Um, mm. And you know, House of a Thousand Corpses is not a masterpiece, but this one is close to it. <laughs> I just bust your balls. We're gonna with have that. A, we're gonna have, have a battle. One we day, are. JP. We are. And and the thing is, like you always say, in your opinion, obviously it's your opinion. All of this is opinion. You don't have to stress it. I already know it's my opinion that it's not a masterpiece. 
when I say it isn't, just because I'm stating it as a fact doesn't mean it's still not an opinion. All right. All righty. So moving along. Oh, do we to have to? Do we have to Hall- do this one? 2009's Halloween 2, also directed by Rob Zombie, oh. written and directed by Rob Zombie. Uh, who wants to do the honors of introducing this one? Who'd you kill, sweetie? Who'd you kill? Jeremy, you do this one. Um, okay, I don't really know how to explain it. All right, then um, I'll do this one. It's, the, it's like it's a sequel to the original, sequel to the remake. Okay, Halloween two from the year two thousand nine. We now follow Laurie Strode, who is living with Annie Brackett, both survivors of the original f- remake. I guess I, it's hard to say that, right? Original, <laughs> the the remake. Uh, mm-hmm. They're living with Sheriff Brackett. Uh, Michael Myers, his body has not been found. He, we, the audience, see that he's still alive and he's wandering around the farmlands, around the outside of the towns or whatever. Uh, Lori is dealing with her traumatic, traumatic experience and she's really uh, lashing out. Uh, emo. <laughs> okay, emo, if you will. Uh, and we have Dr. Loomis who is now this like pretentious douchebag type guy. Uh, and we have Myers returning, uh, on Halloween and, you know, Lori's trying to cope with this and survive. And you know, now, now, 
one of the most disappointing things to this film white horse is is so oh, it's so disappointing it, it it's so disappointing and it's it is the opening the first 25 minutes of this movie are pretty fucking awesome yeah. i love the first 25 minutes and then Lori wakes up. It was all a dream. Mother, it's all a dream. Dude, I'm dead and serious. That it changes me tones. off every time. It change, I know it fucking changes tones instantly. It goes from this pretty gnarly fucking hospital setting. Like it's yeah. dark. It's rainy. It's fucking fuck shit Mike, up. Mike Myers is fucking shit up. Man, yeah. he looks badass. He's fucking yeah. huge. He's killing motherfuckers. Like it's awesome, man. I yeah. love the way it's so it's brutal it's shot, again. It's brutal. shot. It's shot amazing. Like Rob Zombie does a good job, and then Laurie wakes up, and I'm like, "What the See, fuck?" The tonal change doesn't bother me so much. It's just the fact that it was all a dream. Why couldn't it just have happened? Maybe end yeah. it right there with like, okay, let's start our film with the you know picking up from the last film, and let's end it. Like it's almost like a mini like sequel like in between and then there's like a sequel to that in the the second half of you know the after the dream sequence that I want to not be a dream sequence let's mm-hmm. let's completely remove the fact that it was a dream sequence and that was just an mm-hmm. extension of what happened like yeah. why does it have to be a dream sequence it takes so much away from like there's a lot of things that happen in that sequence and it mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. kind of well, that's where we learn about the white horse, man. You feel so damn betrayed because, like, one, he brutally kills a bunch of people. Nope, he didn't actually because it was a dream. Uh, you know, she escaped. Like, the rain. Like, I love that scene, <clears throat> dude. It would have been perfect opening to the film. Like, why oh, is it a dream? Yeah. I know. And they do. They set up the whole white horse thing in, like, in the very first scene and and whatnot. And then just kind of <laughs> goes that white there. horse thing, man. Oh man! Oh, what a right I mean, to ruin a film. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. I but still don't understand what the fuck that shit's about. I've seen the film like four times now. Uh, the White Horse is referring to it's like a it's like a psychological. I don't really know how to explain it. Um, it it's a little <sighs> hard to write down on yeah. and explain it, but I totally get what he is trying to do. I understand what it's supposed to represent and mean. Okay, this is what the definition I think this is the quote that's in the beginning of the film. It says White Horse, linked to instinct, purity, and the drive of physical body to release powerful and emotional forces, like rage with ensuing chaos and destruction. So yeah, I mean it does yeah. it does make sense, the White Horse thing to what Mike Myers is and what's yeah, going on and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally does, but I don't know if it fully works. I don't think we need to know all this or just have this representation of the white, like the yeah. actual white horse with his mom and stuff. Like, I don't, I, I guess you could have the mom and stuff, but I don't see them actually having to put the white, like the white horse is, it's almost laughable. You know, it's kind of ridiculous, but in my opinion, but yeah, I think, I, I think if they had to just described exactly what they were doing with more like, you know, with uh, with dialogue and stuff, instead of having to show you physically that you know them showing up and talking to Mike and <laughs> I don't know, man, it just it takes you out of out of scenes, though. Yeah, I, it really does, and I think that um, he. I almost feel like I feel a few different things here. One, I feel like this is an idea that Mister Rob Zombie had. That should have ended after he realized, like, nah, it's not going to work. Like, it feels like this is the first draft idea that you would get and you would like, maybe if I took this story here, but then you would realize it doesn't work. And it just Mm -hmm. feels like, I don't know, was it, when was it, this film was made, what, a year later? Maybe there wasn't enough time to really, like. 2009. Yeah, two years later. 
so it was probably shooting like a year later, right? Mm-hmm. So I know I I know a lot of people's argument was that you know he only wrote this whole fucking white horse thing just to to put his wife back into the film. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably a good argument, though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. He, like, she has to be in everything. Any argument, yeah, yeah. it's that scene, it's those scenes, man. Because, like, mm-hmm. like, because <laughs> they really do feel like they're they're yeah. like just not supposed to be there. But no, I mean, like, I feel like that he probably should have uh, maybe spent some more time with with these ideas because they do seem like you might naturally come up with some of this stuff, but eventually you would think that it's mm-hmm. not going to work. And two, I think maybe he was influenced by the weirdness of some of the 70s films where they don't explain things, and maybe he was trying to mimic that style a bit. Well, it, that's a good point because there's a lot of like you know witch films and very odd black magic type shit from the 70s, and I think maybe that's where he got some of the you know yeah, creative well, juices we from know that rob zombie is very um <clears throat> aware of these films right i mean he's very, oh, he's very time. influenced by this stuff so i think it makes total sense that yeah. he might have um try, was trying to do uh you know that type of stuff but the problem is that it's in this modern film that that started out as something different it's a sequel now now if this wasn't Let's replace Michael Myers with somebody else, all right? Mm-hmm. And let's replace the, you know, pretend Eric. the first film didn't happen. We might be looking at this film completely different, right? It, we might be like, wow, like I, that, that, because the reason that this doesn't work is because it's in a Michael Myers film, but let's, it might have worked in something else. But the fact is, this is a Michael Myers film, so mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah. But I, I tell you, man, like, talk about basically, you know, ruining a lot of the images that are in this film. Like, again, you know, we were talking about the cinematography, and there's a lot of really cool shots in this film, too. And, like, I swear, like, man, this film just feels so brutal at times. Like, Mike Myers, like, now the mask is fucked up. He's like Hobo Michael, you know? <laughs> yeah, He's got and this people massive have a fucking huge beard. problem with that. I have a problem with the ending when you <clears> see his face, but... Yeah, I I, I don't have a big I don't have a big problem with the hobo. So I think because it's kind of I think it's kind of relevant to it though because mm-hmm. like he's he's wandering around he's he's yeah. basically escaped this, and, um, which know, is that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, exactly. And I actually like that scene though too when he's when he escapes the ambulance. Yeah, that, that's kind of like his version of the uh, the cop car accident from Halloween too. <laughs> that's the way I picture, right? Because that scene is so fucking. But like this scene just comes out of nowhere. These guys are bullshit, and the one dude's being a fucking pervert, talking about fucking dead bodies and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Cow, cow!" And they fucking smoke this yep. cow. It's yeah. kind of like the same. It's kind of like his version of it, you know, kind of deal. But I mean, I understand it though. Like he's in the middle of nowhere. He's like, really, like where the fuck is he? He's wandering around. So the whole hobo thing doesn't make sense. But the it there was some issues that I had with it though because. They go into the Mike Myers character. They take it into a an area where it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you know, like I don't know, man. Or does like, it? I mean, I guess it doesn't it does. make I mean, sense from what we've seen before. But this is a different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he's do, going, should we see his face though, JP? Why well, not? No, he's he's going around like he's so vicious, man. Why like not? when he Cause that's how when Michael he, Myers. We've seen his face in the first film. The yeah, first but not ever like Halloween. not like this though. Hmm. Like I, I don't know. I didn't really have. Daylight. We see. I, we, uh, I think it's interesting that they showed his face, but 
you know, at the same time. The one part that always kind of throws me off in this film is when when Mike Myers eats the dog. Do you guys have uh, any problems with that? No, like, I just—I I don't find... have any problems with it, really. Because, like, it didn't even cross my mind to have a problem with it. Do you need oh. to show Mike Myers like the shape or this inhuman form or whatever the fuck he but is? That's eating? not who he is anymore. That's who he is in the first film, the second film. These are this—he's not that character. That's not him at all. And and mm-hmm. he, there was never an instance where you looked in the first Rob Zombie ha- Halloween film. You—he's ne- <laughs> never the shape. He is never the shape in that film. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's not uncharacteristic of this Michael Myers to me. Um, can we just go back to the opening scene one more time? Because to me, like even uh, the the dream sequence thing, I there's there's a huge problem with that. Another problem that I realized is you almost even discredit all the filmmaking in it because that scene's awesome, and you're just like, well, it doesn't matter because it was a dream. Like you you actually discredit like. Like every that whole entire scene, you like pretend it doesn't even exist, and that's bad decision making, Mister Robert. Robert Zombie. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. So, where was you? Talked about the face. The, uh, uh, the dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about the dog. I don't know, man. I, I just find that part to be quite intriguing because, like, you know, in any other, you know, Halloween film, whatever. Like, obviously, we never see Mike Myers eat anything. Right. And mm-hmm. like, he's just tearing apart this dog and just like, but I, I mean, it makes sense to where he That's is. It's a weird point. <laughs> he, he is yeah. literally like living like a hobo and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. just crazy through that in the film where he's like literally hacks this dog up and they, he, they literally, like literally show him eating hunks of dog. And I'm like, fuck, that's weird. Well, he yeah. got to eat, just, right? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. But it's just interesting that he actually threw that into the film though. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, we just assume that Mike's eating obviously because he is human technically. And, uh, and he's a big motherfucker, so I hope yeah, he's eating. So, <laughs> so you know he's eating because he's still living and breathing. So, yeah. But to show him eating a dog, I, I just thought it was an interesting kind of thing um, that no one really ever talks about. So, <laughs> yeah. And you know, also let's let's talk a bit more about characteristics of characters. And Laurie Strode, who is mm-hmm. now emo, a complete fucking head case. Yeah. Um, like. I hear people like really complain like you did this to our final girl like um, because you know normally the final girl is like this perfect yeah like image I mean like they're just like this the the all around like perfect girl the like not slutty just like not not, yeah and this is her now like but I think it makes a hundred percent sense and I think this performance is like fantastic by Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah, she's pretty on edge in this film, man. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think I think it's pretty good actually too. I have no problem with her character, but it makes sense because she's like, you know, she's in or she's seen a psychologist and stuff because mm-hmm. of the events of the first one. So she's, you know, obviously has some some issues that she needs to work out and stuff. She and turned she's into heavy- a bitch. Totally, yeah. and and the medication's not helping. Like she's over medicating herself too, right? Even when like, where she- I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Even when like Annie's like talking, Annie and uh, Sheriff Brackett's talking to her, she she's like such a bitch. It's like they're giving you a place yeah. to live, you fucking bitch. Yeah, but it makes sense though, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's traumatically she did, damaged. She did explain why she was having a rough time living there too, is because yeah, it, every time she's seen Annie's face, it was yeah. a constant reminder. Which of I how thought that she did this great to her. when they explained yeah. that. Like that's some good yeah. writing right there. 
Exactly. And it totally makes sense because, I mean, honestly, like, she has a conscience, right? She feels shitty for what fucking went down, obviously. And this is her best friend. Yeah. She doesn't want her to look like that. So, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. But, yeah, she's, um, fuck, man, she loses her shit in this film. Mm-hmm. And, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, like, you feel bad for Annie. Like, like you want them to be friends and, like, like, like each other mm-hmm. and, like, be nice. And, and there's a big payoff, uh, you know, when Annie is killed, like that, that scene is actually amazing. Like, like, mm-hmm. because you see that, um, you know, she, she kind of like has regret at first about the way she's like treated Annie. And then she has like, you know, she, she realizes like how much, like we as an audience realize like how much she really meant to her. Um, and man, like, and not to mention that scene, that scene like doubles up because then you have, like Sheriff Brackett <laughs> come in and that that's some that's some really good like uh mm-hmm. yeah and Brad Dorf right? pulls that off pretty well like you feel the emotion in that too mm-hmm. like yeah. it's it's so fucking sad you're and just like oh no Rob Brutal. Zombie does an interesting thing where he he does it I've noticed he does this a lot in his films but he like drops the audio and uh you know Sheriff Brackett's just like tripping out but like and like crying and stuff, but the, it's mm-hmm. like silent. Um, yeah. I like that technique. I, I, I know mm-hmm. that other people have done, like do that technique too, but I always find it to work when done right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've always enjoyed that though. I mean, I think it works. It adds to the emotion of it. My opinion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so what, like what, what else do you guys, well, overall, this movie, like I said, like it's got really good cinematography. One thing it's really lacking, though, it doesn't have any Halloween feel to it at all. Hmm. I don't. Well, I don't. when they're at the party, it's pretty Halloween. Yeah, yeah I, like, I don't agree. I, I find that it has some Halloween feel. It's not as. Uh, what about when they're at the party? Like the first like hour and twenty minutes of this film does not feel yeah. like any halloween of course the, the party scene obviously will have a little bit of feel to it because it's a fucking halloween party but like man. leading up to it and even after it and just like i thought I it like when they're when they're uh like in the town and stuff and like i, I don't know like i i never really, really i don't i don't like think it, it has any feel to it any it's feel. got I, this movie has like a totally different tone to me it's weird uh, and like the guy wearing the Frankenstein mask at the rabbit and red and stuff. I don't know. It, it, I, I didn't really have, I never really noticed that it didn't feel like Halloween. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm looking for in these type of movies, right? You know, have some type of, I mean, they're taking place on that day, right? So let's have some Halloween tone to it. So I, I don't know. How brutal was that dream sequence where uh, 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 Annie was getting like sewed up and stuff, man? Yeah, man. But you know what? It was all a fucking dream, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Man, I got to say, though, fucking Loomis's character in this film, he is such a fucking dick. Yeah. 
Like they changed mm-hmm. the character so much. Like even from the first movie, but like this one, he's just like on this fucking book tour that's not going well at all. Yeah. He's like, he, like you said, he's super pretentious and he's just fuck, especially in the scene where his, he tells his assistant to like get him a certain type of tea. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, fuck, dude, you're such a fucking dork. Yeah. Fucking yeah. idiot. man. I'm like, Oh God, but you just really do not like Loomis that much in this film at all. He's mm-hmm. just so unlikable, man. Yeah. He's such a dick. And it's so it's it's like a to- adds like a totally different element to the film. It's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you're expecting to kind of like Loomis, you know what he stands for, what he's supposed to be standing for, but really all he's doing in this movie is his character is basically just exploiting the shit out of Michael. You know he tries to say and justify that he's not, yeah. you know, but he completely is because he's on a fucking book tour. He wrote books about this shit like that, and I like the scene where the father, at the father of the book, the book signing. Right. Mm. You know, he opens up the book and it's like a picture of uh, the girl from the first movie. And yeah. uh, he's like, you don't recognize her. And he's just, no. And I, I, I like that scene though. It's kind of cool. It's kind of putting him in his place a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing with Loomis is, uh, this is, this is a kind of a, I think this is Rob Zombie trying to do something different with the Loomis character, obviously. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say that it's a good choice, but, like I buy, I'll buy it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like there's no way he could have turned out like this. Like it feels like, yeah, it's possible that maybe something like this could have happened to that character, um, especially that character, not the Donald Pleasance one, but mm-hmm. that specific mm-hmm. Loomis. Yeah. What about the scene where Michael is walking in the streets there and he sees the billboard of himself? <laughs> you think that is like some type of comical homage to uh to fucking friday number eight (laughs) you know the scene where fucking jason sees himself in times square yeah (laughs) i just instantly thought of that when michael looks and he sees a young picture of himself and fucking loomis i'm just like oh that's so that's so jason takes manhattan right there (laughs) that's funny um So, like, what what is you guys' main problems with this film? Because, like, right the now we're talking white a lot horse. of good. White horse. Yeah, you know, honestly, like, there is there is a lot of good things about the movie. But I think the whole white horse thing doesn't need to be explained. Nah. It doesn't need to be there. I think it's a I think it's a huge misstep for the film. And like I said, it does. It brings me out of it at times. Because every time, mm-hmm. you know, the white horse thing and she, uh, the mom shows up and, you know, and, like, little Mikey's mm-hmm. there and stuff. I'm just like what the like fuck you don't need this at all i think there could have been room for it in terms of just like 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 a brief part of the film like like some kind of uh under like under like subtext type thing but making it so ingrained in the film and even into the ending really is frustrating because it's like Mm -hmm. you have you already have like a strong enough film here uh to not cloud it by all of this stuff that um quite honestly feels very forced and not well thought out mm-hmm. yeah good point really good point and then you know it totally brings like us to the you know the, the well the end in the unrated version is different than the theatrical yeah, it's in, in the unrated is the one where it gets blown up right <laughs> oh really i don't think and, i've uh, ever seen the theatrical version to this film I well, have the, the, the ending, the ending in the unrated version is where everyone dies. Yeah. Okay. Like, That's like fucking happened. Michael, Michael gets killed and then yeah. fucking Loomis gets killed. And then, uh, Lori's the standing there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Lori's standing there and then the cops open fire on her and essentially everybody dies. 
you know, and the theatrical fuck dude, like I haven't watched theatrical since the fucking theater because I walked to be honest, out of the theater. I don't even have. Did you say you theatrical... walked out? Yeah, you walked out of this film. Yeah, crazy. Wow, but I, I was haven't... pissed off, man. It was fucking terrible. Like yeah, the white, I, I couldn't get past the white horse, man. Crazy. I've never walked out of a movie before. I've been tempted yeah. to, but I've never even shut uh, off a movie. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't seen the theatrical version since the theater because I actually don't own one. Which yeah, that's one. That's one little problem I have with the box. I wish they had to put the theatrical cuts mm-hmm. with the Rob Zombie that, films that too. That is a bit of a negative. You know th- what's funny yeah. though is this is the in the box set was the first time I've ever even owned Halloween two. I've never even owned it before, so uh, that's oh, really? actually the first copy I've ever had. But um, yeah, I actually have shut off films, but I've always came back and finished them. I, I don't think I've ever actually just stopped watching, uh, at least in recent memory. I watched out of Hills Have Eyes too. Also, and I've not rewatched it since, so maybe I have to rewatch it. <laughs> it's average. Yeah, it, it's a guilty pleasure. I think of mine. I know a lot of people shit on it, but I don't mind it. Yeah. The original <laughs> it's gory. Hills Have Eyes Two is awful. No, I'm talking about the remake, obviously. The original one, yeah, it's fucking bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what are your your guys' thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts on the ending of this film? Like the unrated version. Well, I of- hate the part where Rob Zombie's wife is is like talking to Lori. Like, like that's what I mean. Where it's like the the white horse stuff is is too ingrained in the film. Like, there was room for it, but it's just too damn much. And overall, it really does hurt the film. But I also think I think people are too hard on this film because. There's a good film here. It's just clouded by by some nonsense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I like the ending in terms of everybody dying. I don't have a problem with Michael talking. I don't have a problem with Michael, uh, you know, taking his mask off or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I have a problem <clears throat> with that that scene where Laurie is talking to like, God damn it, man. I know it, it, it. I know it's so frustrating. I I'm very with you on that, man. I'm just that fucking her talking to. <laughs> it's fucking laughable, man. It's just it's not cool at all. Like I just it 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 totally fucking takes me out of everything that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, there is a there is a good film here, like a decent film, and. Fuck, you know, just get rid of some of that shit with the white horse and stuff. And 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 the thing is, <clears throat> is all but the ending. You can literally cut those scenes out, and the film wouldn't probably be affected. Like they're not, they're not. They that's they feel so out of place sometimes because they are literally mm-hmm. like their own scenes. Like they they're not. Even, it's so fucking bizarre. I I don't really understand it. Um, Rob Zombie, this is like your like your big blemish on your career, man. Like you 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 made poor decisions in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. It's definitely the uh, bastard the black child. Sheep. Yeah, it's the <laughs> the bastard child, the black child, the black sheep of his uh, yeah. of his filmography. But you know, I mean, I mean, it's gonna happen. Even some of the greats. Not some of the grades, all the all grades the have grades, at least yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. has a film like this, but you know, like I said, you know, there there is a lot of pluses to this film. It's especially the cinematography. I think it's good, but a little more work on the script, and I think we kills have a whole. Good. Yeah, the kills, kills are 
fucking vicious, man. Dude, when he kills that dude outside the back of the strip club, when he stomps on oh, his yeah. face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, and you know fuck, what else? Man. Like, this is, this is tired. Been walking the fucking woods for a year. Mike Myers. This is like yeah. pissed off Mike Myers, which is, you know, accurate to what his character would probably be like after being like just wandering around for so long. <laughs> Well, yeah, wouldn't you be pissed off if you had no idea where you were? <laughs> and you had to eat a dog. And you kept seeing your mom, even though she's dead and she's with this horse. And you keep seeing, like, your little self. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, that's just fucking weird. I'd be pissed off, too. I'm like, I don't want to see myself like that. It's bullshit. Especially when it's, like, not even really what you look like. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Ah, fuck. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't like that kid. Like, he didn't do, like, what the, the original kid did. Like, it was actually a big difference to me. It, it was a big difference, actually. It's, that is a shame. It's like, uh, literally, they just, like, like they they just found a kid who kind of looked like him. Like, the first kid that kind of looked like him a little bit. Like, that mm-hmm. long blonde hair and stuff. Like, <laughs> they didn't work on, like, finding somebody who could actually, like, mimic the performance. <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, I don't really know what else to say about the movie. Uh, you yeah. guys have anything I else? I don't have much else to say. No. Nah. No, I've kind of... I mean, we've talked about this movie quite a few times, like, just randomly. It seems like we always end up talking about Halloween, or Rob Zombie's yeah, Halloween I know there was on one, random casts. There was one episode where we actually... We spent a lot of time on Age 2. Yeah, um, we were talking about the whole, like, how there is a film there. Mm-hmm. You know, it just needs a, it just needs some tweaking. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I like the look of this film. It's just, it's a shame. It sounds the, awesome. Oh, fuck, dude. This sounds amazing. This film. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Really, it's almost as good as House of the Thousand Corpses PQ on sound wise. It's fucking uh, Jay, awesome. Speaking of PQ, you said you had, did you have an issue with the transfer? Yeah, I thought it looked kind of bad. Hmm. Oh, really? It was like I, really grainy looking. I don't know. No, that was, that. that's like the natural grain to it. Yeah. Like, there's scenes, man, that are, like, fucking, they look pretty damn good. But, like, yeah, there's I've never scenes. seen this film besides on a, uh, um, like, stream website. That's the only to- mm-hmm. other time I've seen Halloween 2. No, the, I mean, that's pretty much what the transfer is going to look like. I think it looks pretty good. Um, but, yeah, at least it's got that natural grain, you know. Yeah. Kind of adds to it. But, uh, I don't know. H2. Uh, ratings? Jeremy, you go first. All right, uh, four out of ten. Okay, okay. I don't even like to talk about this movie because, like, I just heard I walked out of it. So, all right. So, <laughs> Halloween two, there's absolutely problems with it, all of which we mentioned. But I'm gonna be honest, and I'm gonna say people give this film way worse of a rap than it deserves because there is some very strong moments, like actually very, very good moments in this film. There's just one glaring problem. It's a big problem, but you still can't, you know, discredit all of the good things that this film does, which really do outweigh the bad. I give it, and this film definitely is a seven out of ten. What? Holy shit, dude! That what? fucking surprised the a shit out of me. Seven out of ten. <clears throat> Dude, Crazy. what is the only wow. thing that we said? We talked. This whole review has been more positive than negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, you know, okay. So I didn't really want to, you know, completely dwell on the whole white horse thing because I know we've talked about this over and over and over again. But for me, 
it is like it is a major blemish on the film, but there is a lot of good things going on in this film. Um, and yeah, I think there is a lot, you know, like you said, there's more positives to negatives in my opinion. But I think the one negative with the white horse is a big negative. Right. So it does bring it down quite a bit for me. Um, there's, you know, the other major disappointing thing, obviously, is the dream sequence, which, which is so heartbreaking. Oh, I forgot. It's so heartbreaking. That. that is a big one. That might you know, actually it, lower the rating. I, I always just like completely act like that doesn't exist because it's so pointless. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's a big part of the film. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It it does bring it down for me a little bit, and you know, obviously the white horse and and stuff, but. Overall, good performances, good cinematography, vicious kills. You know, I I, I don't know. I'm going to give it a five and a half out of ten. So five and a half, huh? And you guys are yeah. brutal, brutal, man. The cinematography but, alone. But like, but like, but like I said though, man. Like, you know, you take out, you know, you alter that fucking white horse stuff. You know, a lot of that stuff is really silly and goofy. How many um, points does that white horse take off? It, it, like a Six. couple. Without the white horse, what would you what would you think this film would be rated? Six. Without Six. The, I'd, pr- I'd probably give it a seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it's it's a major it's a major major problem for me. Yeah, me too. Right? Yeah, it's I a mean, big problem, but it, it's not like it doesn't have any <clears throat> like any like value at all. Like, there's it's an interesting idea. That no, I'm not just saying because it doesn't it, have any value. I think it's just overused in the film a little bit. And the main know. problem with it is it doesn't fit in a in in a Halloween film, and it's not it doesn't fit in the film that you set up in the previous yeah. film. In some of the in some of the scenes that they even use it too, like you said, more, more specifically the uh, the end scene where you know the mom is talking to Laurie. It's like the fuck, ridiculous. So. But I mean, I, I will I say watch this, it. this time watching the film has been my the, the the I've liked it the most this time that I've watched it. I've usually liked it less. I believe the re- last rating I gave on it was a was a six in my last review I did of it in uh, a year or two years ago on my channel. Hmm. Interesting. And a lot of my ratings <clears throat> actually have changed on these films this time watching. Most of them have went down. I believe this might be the only one that's went up. Maybe the remake I gave a nine last time. Hmm. Cool. So, yeah. You know, so, like, overall, basically, from Halloween, like, six through part two. Yeah. I mean, the only one that I really highly, highly recommend is... H1. Is is the Halloween remake. Yeah. So. I recommend... I recommend H2, I recommend H2O, and I recommend the remake. Hmm. Dude, hmm. this this film is not as bad as you guys are making it out to be. I'm, dude, all we talked about was the positives. I'm just saying those are major, major blemishes for myself, right? Yeah. I have to rate it like how I like it, right? So. Yeah, I, I, I rate it a little bit of a mix, how I like it and what it actually is. Mm. yeah so but yeah so that is gonna do it for the entire halloween franchise and i i am i gotta say though i'm, I'm a little happy. excited yeah <laughs> that that i you know i mean i've 
just it just seems like I've watched way too much Halloween films lately. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, but guess what? I, Next week on Body Bags, Halloween week. Uh, you know, yeah, ex- exactly right. Um, but yeah, you know, I had a lot of fun doing this though. I thought it was we had some pretty interesting conversations and yeah. views and different points brought up and stuff. So I hope everybody out there listening had a good time with this. And uh, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, just that was just my, my laptop. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, you guys any you guys have any last words? Um, I don't know. How would you rank them? <clears throat> we should probably should have planned this out beforehand. But okay, Jeremy kept talking about his ranking. Yeah. So I was curious, like, do you guys, would you guys be able to rank them really quickly or? Yeah, yeah, I could go first if you want. Uh, original Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Halloween 3, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween H2O, Halloween 6, Halloween 5, and Halloween Shit Erection on the bottom. <laughs> Shit Erection, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually mine's very similar to that. Uh, so I guess it would be the original Halloween. Um, I'm trying to think of my ratings. <laughs> I always do that, man. I have like things that are rated my, higher. My ratings like, lower are, and stuff. My ratings actually are not, uh, you know, accurate to the order that I place them in because my rating is what I think the film is, and mm-hmm. my <clears> order <throat> is like personal bias. Like, which one do I like more? Yeah, um, it, you fact about Halloween two Rob to Zombie. that and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Rob Zombie mm-hmm. Halloween two is above Shit Erection, of course. I forgot that one. So second to last. Second to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Halloween, uh, Halloween two, Halloween remake, uh, Halloween three, Halloween four. Um, whew, I'm like totally losing where I am here. Halloween four. And then we got, I'd probably say, H2O. Okay. H2O, then Halloween 6. No, H2, then Halloween 6, and then Shit Erection. Where did 5? Halloween 2 and 5. Yeah. You forgot Halloween 2 and 5. Yeah, I guess you're just skipping Halloween 2 and 5. Um... (laughs) Mine are the original Halloween, the remake of Halloween, Halloween 3, the original Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween H2O, Halloween Rob Zombie's sequel, Part 6, Part 5, Resurrection. Mm. Yeah. So... Those are my. I'm trying to think things. if I even had part five in mind. No, you part skipped five. part five and, uh, and, H- and H2. H2. No, I had H2 in there. Oh, I did. think I cut out. Yeah, oh. you did. Yeah, probably. Yes. So I, I actually, you know, kind of surprised myself with the ranking because I have H2 above Halloween 6, 5, and Resurrection. And I know 6 and 5 were above <laughs> H2 in the last time I ranked these. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. That does it for our show, guys. So that does it for the Halloween franchise. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And Jeremy. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed this wonderful Halloween episode.
of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. This is, of course, episode number 29. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash mood 616 or click the subscribe button if you're watching this on his YouTube channel. If you want to follow JP, a.k.a. the man who hates Pee Wee Herman, you can follow him on his channel at youtube.com slash double shot J. And as always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nasroller22. And as always, you could listen to us on thedevilseyes.com. And as always, you can email us any questions that you have at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods, A and D, at gmail.com. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at 22 shots podcast. And if you have any questions, you could leave us a message on our voicemail at 724 426 6665. And as always, I hope everyone has a good Halloween. And as always, we shall talk to you guys next week with the 30th episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, where we'll be talking about a hour's worth of what we watched. So I hope you guys enjoyed that, because we all have a shit ton of stuff that we want to talk about. So until next week, once again, I hope everyone has a safe Halloween, and you have enjoyed this Halloween franchise show. And we shall talk to you guys again next week. Everyone have a good rest of your week.